What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight I am joined by Reinhardt. What's up? Not much. What's going on, everybody? Oh, I'm much excited for this evening. Also joining us all the way from the land of the rising sun, Konnichiwa, Alt Skull. Hey, Konnichiwa. What's happening, bro? And joining us down in the dungeon, Grognak. What's up? What's going on, guys? Oh, not much. Um, we have a good one for tonight. I thought it was just a guest, but apparently we have two guests tonight. Double trouble. You guys excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But first. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, but 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 first, is there is there any business that we need to take care of? I, I can't think of anything. I'm still waiting. I talked to I talked to Greg uh, about shirts. He says that as soon as he stops being lazy, he's going to start making our shirts. I think that's what he said. <laughs> this isn't calling a, you out. Greg has a shirt thing planned with me too. We'll see if it ever happens. But if it does, it should be really cool. We have a, a one exclusive alt skull merch thing coming. Hopefully oh boy! Soon. Oh boy! Nice. Well, we'll have to put uh, it up. We'll have to put it up all on the same merch channel. It has to do with Mandela effect. Oh no! Did did I already buy the shirt and don't know it? Possibly. Oh wow! In this, like Bella would say, well, in this timeline, <laughs> I love how I love when I love when Bella forwards. I love when Bella forwards stuff to the chat that we've posted on our channel. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it also it also gets banned by Kelsey Bob because auto ban. <laughs> she gets banned. Uh, who gets banned more than Bella? Somebody does. There's more people. I know there are. Uh, I don't know. It's still funny, but yes, the chat is the chat is great. I do. Love, I still, honestly, guys, I don't care what kind of a getaway it is. I love the Telegram chats. I do. It's not. Good. Yeah, it's the, like if you keep him, if you keep him well maintained and manicured or whatever you want to call it, curated. Um, then and you have enough admins and you have the the correct bots, then you can keep your chat pretty. You know, pretty well maintained and, and flowing like a chat should be. Yep. Yeah. Keep your channel, keep your channel as clean as possible. And um, I'm not worried. Like, if you're, oh, it's full of feds. Dude, everything's full of feds, right? Like, like, stop it. Twitter's full of bots. Face, uh, Facebook's full of boomers. Whatever. Mm. It's all, yeah, it's all ball bearings nowadays. No, it's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that line out of Fletch. Sadly, I think some people do it for free. Yeah, yeah. Oh, some do. people do. Some yeah. people do. Like the things, like I mean, like I will, like there is some, like I will a log certain things for free for the rest of my life just because fuck those people. And yeah. it's, a sh- it's a shame Jack's not here to hi- to verbally high five me, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the, the stuff people do for free on the internet. I don't know, man. Though I've, I, some of the interactions I've seen in the chats recently. It seems more like a, a more intelligent bot, especially considering that deal with chat GPT now where it's like going to be your psychologist. Just tell uh-huh. chat, just tell chat GPT all of your worries and fears and darkest thoughts. No, 
Yes. How about no? Feed all of your psychological no, information into chat GPT, please. Right. Yeah, right. I, will, I will feed you. all I will feed all of my IT questions that I can't answer into chat GPT. Right. And that's fine. That's sorry. That's, and that's good. That's for open source, like, you know. Uh, usage for people like you but for these they're doing now this is literally you know uh talk without talking see without seeing speak without speaking ah that meme again it's that meme again it always comes back to 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 the demons in the little black box sitting next to me right now looking at me funny yep yep it's looking at me like why are you talking about me like that you know you love me (laughs) you want to pick me up right now there's probably a message on telegram that you haven't read I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, I doubt it. I doubt it. I do. I've had a lot of downtime, so I have. I have actually burned through all of my chats, and I don't have any unread messages. You guys ever get that you, autism? Five minutes. What's that? It, just wait five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Just wait five minutes, and it'll. There will be another thousand notifications. <laughs> it's it's Telegram. It's Telegram. <laughs> It's like that Mark Twain uh, quote about the weather in New England changing every five minutes, except it's Telegram. Mm. Yep. Yes. Speaking of the weather, man, uh, it's been weird because it's been like warm rainy, which is like spring rainy normally, like that kind of, but it's but it's muggy, warm, rainy, and fall. And it's just kind of like bleh. But today was sunny, and the sun was painful. It's awesome here today. I can't complain. It's, nice. It feels like spring, and it's sunny, and there are no clouds. The nice. sky's perfect blue. It's wonderful. That's great. I, I, I hope it's like that tomorrow. Uh, the summer today, was... Today was... Oh, go ahead. I just said the summer was so brutal. It's such a wonderful relief after this horrible summer. It, it really was a horrible summer here, too. I mean, 95% humidity every day. Today, finally, was 88 degrees... Hardly any humidity, windy even. So you have that cool breeze flowing through. The only problem is you get the big booty, big fanged spiders, like those stripy spiders. I don't know what what species that they are, but if you live on a farm, a homestead, whatever, they will build webs that go across doorways, they go across decks, everything. They're like orb weavers. Um, They're called orb weavers. Oh, okay. Yeah. The big, the ones that make like the big, yeah. If down there where you're at, if they're the same ones that we have in Tennessee, they're the, like some sort of common orb weaver of some sort. Of course they're called orb weavers. Yes. That's a hard, that's a hard grouping of words to say orb weavers. Orb orb ponderers. Orb, they're pondering their orbs, yes. Which are their big booty booty spiders. Yes, big booty spider. (laughs) Don't, oh my god, that brings back memories of spider girls. (laughs) (laughs) Spider girl, best girl. No, I was uh, was walking outside this morning at 5.30 in the morning with my spider stick. It's a piece of wood that I whittled down Mm -hmm. and just weave it in a, a circular fashion. Yeah, I know it's for Spider sticks are a wonderful invention because you don't want to turn into a really bad kung fu artist at four in the morning. You know, I mean, it, like everybody, everybody who walks into a spider web in the dark automatically is like really bad at karate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't want to fall off like a 12 foot deck. Right. Exactly. That's what will end up happening. Is you'll fall down and break something. And yeah, 
But, yeah, I do the same thing when I'm walking in the forest with my dog, Reinhardt. I have a stick and I just wave it in front of me in a big circular motion constantly so I'm not walking through one of those spider webs. You're like a blind person. Right. It's just it, Instead of tapping it on the ground, it's just like right in front of you. When we right. when we lived in San Diego, but, yeah. there were these spiders that would uh in, in the housing developments, there, you know, like the the new trees that they would put up, all the small trees that would put up like every ten foot they would put another tree. Well, they would grow these they would have these these webs that would go between like the stop sign or the street sign and the and these trees and they were huge spiders. And they were kind of pointed but they they weren't like the big booty orb weavers. There were some sort of spiky looking thing, and they would like flex at you when you walk by, and they would like like right in the middle of the scare the shit out of you when you're walking your dog, and like all of a sudden in the in the night in the um in the glare of the streetlight, there's this freaking spider just right in your your line of sight. Yes, it's terrible. I fucking hate spiders. I mean, I know that spiders are like you know they're they're useful and they eat bugs and stuff. I fucking hate spiders. I, I will leave them up in the corners of my deck outside my house, everything. I'll leave them alone, let mm. them do their thing until they die. Mm. I'll I'll you know then wrap up their webs when they're gone. I'll light them on fire, whatever. <laughs> but if they're right in a doorway, I just can't do it. No, that's they're gone. Yeah, that's that's you know, that's look, that's infringing on your property. That's your libertarian streak, you know, tactical nukes. I get it. But um, but if if I find one in the house, I do what I can to box it up and get it out. But if it dies in the process, I mean, hey, sorry, shouldn't have been in the house. But yeah, um, I don't know. Is that enough spoopy shit posting, you guys? We actually, it's actually you know shit posting that wasn't about anything. But uh, spiders are kind of spooky. We had a bunch more shit posting just before Martin and Jason came on too. Actually, yeah. so. Well, when Martin and Jason come on. I mean, when they come away. on in the future, it's a Mandela effect. I'm it's sorry. a Mandela effect. If you're being Mandela affected, we did not record this after we recorded the interview. <laughs> anyway, so, so you forced a Mandingo. Speaking of which, yes, we are going to jump right into it with Martin Flat Earth British Lidicky and Jason Brashears of Archaics. What's up, Jason and Martin? Welcome back to the Paranormies, fellas. Hey, I'm I'm glad to be here, guys. I've had I've had a real great run with my bro Martin here, traveling across the United States, New Mexico, Colorado, getting in all kinds of trouble, man. Since the last time I talked to you, man. I heard I've been watching a good bit of this. Um, I've had I've had access to to Wi-Fi. I, I um, actually was was given. Uh, sneakily given the password to the job site Wi-Fi, so I'm able to actually listen to stuff at work for the past couple weeks. You guys, yeah, you guys have been all over it, man. I'm a little jealous that I have to go to work every day, but you guys, you guys get to have. <laughs> it's all good, Big though. Pattern. Yes, but yeah, Martin, welcome back, man. You too, man. I'm glad you're yeah, feeling better from the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did last time I returned back from America. Um, we came via Mexico, and then I came home, and then we, we were just really ill. Oh God! Weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get ill. That's the first time I've been ill in like decades. I didn't even know what it was. So, what is this? It's called being ill. So mm-hmm. It's all new to me. Must have been. Must have been coming up through. Did you guys come through? Uh, what's it called? Rio Bravo? Wherever the hell 
All those Venezuelans. No, we came through Cancun, but like they ah. had these like seriously low head heights, um, massive, thick 5G towers. And we were literally walking past them, but we really did feel queasy. So we sort of like, you know, come to the conclusion and we may have been irradiated in Cancun. <laughs> I mean, that's usually stuff happens in Cancun. I don't know if it's a radiation, but man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but honestly, other people, we've met two, three people maybe since we told our tale have said exactly the same. They came out of Cancun, pig sick, got wow. sick. Wow. Yeah. You had Havana syndrome, except it was Cancun syndrome, man. Yeah, deli yeah. deli. <laughs> <laughs> can you guys hear my chair squeaking in the background like that? Can you guys? No. No, you didn't hear that. Now okay. I can. Okay, yeah, I that just one did. did. Yeah, that one. You, when you put right. it out. It's yeah, I gotta obvious. be careful. It's. I don't know what happened. It went from being completely silent to now it's like a 1930s old office chair. It's terrible. Uh, that's that's that like uh, that's like our version of the uh, of the fire alarm without the batteries going oh. off. Right? Do you guys want to hear? <laughs> I'm going to tell my fire <laughs> alarm story for Jason and Martin. You guys know the meme, right? That that certain demographics can't hear the fire alarm. The not the fire alarm, but the chirp of the fire of the battery, right? What? No, black people can't. Is that so? Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually when we're done, you might want to Google that and check it out. It's actually a pretty funny meme because really rich ones like Joy Reed from uh MSNBC, she's a very anti white journalist and uh she was giving an interview from her two and a half million dollar condo and her smoke alarm chirped five times during the interview. <laughs> it's like it's anyways so so the other night 402 i sit straight up in the bed i'm like son of a bitch there was a chirp it took like one <laughs> one chirp i'm out of bed scr- like scrounging around the house in the junk drawer where's that other stupid nine volt battery i'm on a chair changed it my son comes out. i was like dad what was that i was like it was the fire alarm go back to bed i got it son <laughs> it woke my son up too <laughs> Like how, that's how you can that's how you can prove we have uh, European DNA is that the fire the battery has been changed son yes. the battery the has been changed son go back to sleep yeah. yes. I've I've changed the batteries of my fire alarms uh, twice since we've been here we've had issues I don't know how those batteries like they're well I guess it's just because they're on but we have a hardwired system so it has a breaker at the the panel too and yeah, also- same with mine it's wired to the mains but the nine the eight i don't know what the eight volt battery does i think it's just like a backup it's there to remind you that you have to check your smoke detector every well, now and maybe. then yeah i guess but there are tons and tons and tons of videos um of people um you know recording things especially like 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 reply videos to that's not true and then in the background yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true it's it's so true and it's and, you know it's one of those funny because this true things because i grew up in hartford and hartford is a very was is very black and i had a lot of black friends growing up and um yeah every every single one of them their houses and i came to the conclusion which is that's why pit bulls attack because you would too if you had to listen to that all the time <laughs> it's half famous for insurance isn't it say again Har- yes half the insurance is. yes absolutely yeah, insurance capital yeah. mm-hmm it's full of Jews, so yeah. Yeah, I know. That's where I'm with, uh, like, you know, the whole deal with, like, look, I don't even deny the Holocaust anymore. I say, look, I grew up in West Hartford. I'm surprised that shit only happened once. <laughs> if you've ever spent any amount of time around those people, you, you'd be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> those chimneys might not have been real, but somebody might have had a point. I work for, I work for YouTube. <laughs> 
Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh lord. Yes. No strikes tonight. Actually, we don't we don't we don't deal with strikes. I am on a strike. You're on strike? Hey, I heard the writer's strike is over with, so now there's we shitty heard Jason worded me up yesterday. That is good news. Say again? Yeah, they 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 um uh, YouTube are revising. Um are they gonna drop all of, you know, a lot of the you know, censorship that they've had. Oh, people are saying all sorts of shit on the internet. No, it's not a problem. Well, I really? hope if that's the case, maybe we can come back to to YouTube and reclaim. Oh, thank you so much, YouTube gods. Yeah, I think you guys got a little, your wires crossed. Uh, you're talking about the writer strike. No, I know. He, yeah, he was talking about the YouTube thing too. Yeah, uh, censorship. It's okay. What's the writer yeah. strike? Oh, uh, all the people that make all that crap that nobody watches anymore. Uh, they were mad because they're not making the money that they want to make to write yeah. the crap that nobody watches anymore. <laughs> oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 yeah they, they, shit. they got no imagination, have they? Right. But the, the, the writers are not, no longer on strike, but the actors are still on strike for oh, some unfathomable reason. I, I guess they don't make enough money. I don't know. They're probably right. just got them all on rotation trying to figure out which ones are getting prosecuted for pedo shit. Yeah, <laughs> bet you any money. Um, with you right there, Jason. Yeah. Well, okay. Matt He's from Quantum of Conscience has a really good theory as to what this whole thing is about. And he thinks that this is an excuse for them to introduce completely AI-created movies and games and yeah. other forms of entertainment. So yeah. they piss off the general pub- pub- public enough that people are like oh i'm just fed up with these people their movies are terrible they're all filled with trash they're degenerate they're not well written they're not entertaining anymore they piss everyone off the everyone pisses everyone off and then they go on strike and then they start writing movies with ai and they start producing movies with ai and they make terrific movies and they make the kind of movies that we used to enjoy back in the 80s for example and then people are like this is great and then the whole production team is like okay well we can just replace everyone with AI now right but then what do the poor writers and actors do oh god oh god whatever shall they do yeah yeah <laughs> um i'm I, and, and that's a great theory and i'm i agree with that 100 percent. but i'm at the point now where how long have they been doing this to us and are they faking like yeah you know oh, i mean yeah. is it ha- has it already already Bacon been the strike yeah yeah They've been producing AI-created movies that are indistinguishable from reality and just not telling us which ones are which, probably, and well, seeing how, how well we pick it up, in my opinion. Hey, well, guys, Martin, Martin and I have been discussing, we've been looking at different channels, a lot, of, a lot of some real anomalous activity across YouTube recently. We're seeing entire channels with whole back histories intact, with already with a whole bunch of subs, comments being added that don't make sense, we're seeing them just explode across YouTube as if these channels are real. And mm. man, it's it's really strange. It's almost like, okay, well, we don't want to take down the channels that we really want to censor. So let's just go ahead and over flood all the people that listen to these channels with all these new options. And it really a lot of these scripts are like are like somebody uploaded three or four books and told ChatGBT to mix all the shit up and sound like this certain channel here and then run transcript through an AI art deal and produce the video. Then, man, this is really bizarre, man. There's some new channels that are just highly suspect because Martin and I, we've been given hundreds of times our listeners have told us, hey, have you heard of Matt of Quantum of Conscious? Hey, Jason, you ever heard of Martin Leakey? Or, hey, Jason, you ever heard of the Paranormies? Hey, Jason, have you ever heard of 
uh, Mud Fossil, Rod, Roger Mud Fossil. But now all of a sudden, Martin and I are seeing all these new channels pop up on, on complex issues like we cover, and no one's ever asked us about these channels. And when we oh. ask other people, they've never heard of these channels either. Yeah. But they've got full back histories. they got already videos intact. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. Wow. Shit out of nowhere. You think, though, guys, when our um, IA Interactive takes over all the mobile phones, no people are actually ever going to talk to another person again <laughs> by the medium of AI. They're just everything is going to be taken over by this this AI. Remember, do you guys remember um, last year or the year before when that quote-unquote, I'm making big air quotes with my fingers, new 9-11 video came out and it shows a different angle and it shows an airplane crashing into the i, th I think the south tower because yeah because they were already watching the building smoking and it's got some guy that's talking about being a former oh, i'm a former police officer i'm a former police officer and he's this red-headed guy the video looked the exact same quality as everything else from 9-11 it looked exactly like one of the original very few 9-11 videos all of which were constructed obviously and then when you went to the channel the channel had been around for years and it had a history and it had some weird air force videos and it had um members subs all sorts of like back story but this video came out of nowhere everybody was playing it and sharing it all at once every it wanted to be seen the video wanted to be out there and it was obviously a complete fabrication. And my contention was that it, the whole thing was AI and people were like, well, the channel's already been there. And it's like, it's YouTube. The whole thing works on a computer. It's not like they can't <laughs> just go in and program the thing to make it look like there's been people there for seven years and add their own bot subs and add their, and I think that they can just produce videos that are absolutely indistinguishable from reality. And that's why they show us the shitty AI with the six fingers, because they want us to think that they're not capable of doing that when they have been for years, decades, probably. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Skull. We have um, shit. I was just reading a comment about archaics in the chat. <laughs> um, sorry, I I lost my train of thought there. Um, damn it. Well, I was gonna say. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm Skull, sorry. Was, that, was that the the? Oh, sorry, Tony. No, there was the that was the video of the guy from the channel. The guy was like Jason something, right? He just had like his channel. It was he had like three videos, and two of them were from like ten years ago, and then the third one was the nine eleven video, or was it the other yes. way around? Yeah, and I mean, he said he'd been like sitting on the footage for like the whole time, the whole time, okay. and he was he was an Air Force he was an Air Force spook. He was Air Force intelligence, was what he did. Yes. It's like it yes. makes any sense, and of course, yes, of course they can. That's what I was. That's what I forgot about. Uh, and and they had everybody in the video. The guy, well, I'm a former police officer, you know, and I see things like that. And it's like again, it reminds me of the Harley Davidson hat guy, who's yep. right there yep. with the script ready to roll. Um, this that video was clearly. I mean, none of none of, like we talked about with Martin Shack, everyone with Martin uh, with. Simon. Simon Shack, Martin Shack, Simon Shack, good Lord. Uh, none of the video footage is real from 9-11. None of it. It's all been manipulated, so nobody has video evidence of anything that happened, so nobody can really get a good take on what actually happened. Yep. Yep. And that was that was done on purpose. And it's done the same thing with all this other stuff. Like, I mean, how many how many times have you seen something on television and thought, that just didn't look right? And it's likely because it was AI. Uncanny Valley is probably... Uh, a thing that happens a lot more with people now because things look real but they're not quite real you know with that ai that's like very real but not quite real maybe too real sometimes yep 
so real it looks fake. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's your Elon line. Yes, it's so real because it looks so fake. You can tell it's real. Speaking of uh, speaking of Photoshop and um, cut and paste stuff, Jason, I just noticed that mine unveiled. They're doubling yeah. down on the cabbage patch thing, and they're putting out a now. They're now selling a book that's full of the pictures with the babies. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, what are they doubling down on? That we need to let everybody know what's going on because we talked about we talked about the Cabbage Patch Babies a little bit. We actually got that, yeah, that book. yeah. We yeah, we so. almost did a full episode on it, right? But, you know, it's it's. Um, I'm sure Jason's viewers are are familiar with this, but it's it's really just based off of pictures. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They do a good job of of shaping a, a theory and a big story around visuals a lot of time. Well, what about the- I do like their channel, but. What about the video? I'm surprised they're the putting so much the, into this. The woman and the you know the the babies and the the cabbage patch, like the original French movies. Yeah, like there's that. I mean, is that 1893 movie? Right, but at this point, is that I mean, throughout history, we've been able like everybody knew that that was like the first movie that they made, or is that like just recently? Well, there's like, so many, no, no, so many movies are lost. No, no. Okay. Lumiere brothers were producing before then. They okay. were doing color, fo- color footage mm-hmm. of the expositions, all sorts. Lumiere brothers were killing it before that. Right. And then all of a sudden, oh, then they discovered how to shoot video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they had um, good CGI. There's, um, you've probably all seen the um, film uh, Trip to the Moo from mm-hmm. 1902. That's Lumiere brothers. And what you find is there's like, there's literally people just like vanish and appear and buff it up out the clouds. And there's all sorts of C- you know, CGI and it's like turn of the century, you know? Really right. And that, but that stuff wasn't invented until the 1980s though. Right. I mean, That's what they say. <laughs> right. Exactly. They, they lie about everything. It's, they lie about everything. We had Skype in the 1920s, you know, there was, mm-hmm. they were using close circuit telly in the first world war. It's like this stuff's just rolled out again and again, you know, it's nothing is new in this place. Mm-hmm. No, nothing you want to the, la- the last time I watched The Invisible Man, it, it blew my mind the special effects they had back in the in the day. Which one? The one with Kevin Sh- the one with Kevin the old film, the nineteen fifty. The old one, the black and white one. With um, Ray Maland. Yeah. Brilliant film. Fucking brilliant. That's amazing. I'm you know, I can't they could do that stuff back then. Nineteen eighties my ass, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good film. Man. It is Very interesting. Listen, listen, Mind Unveiled is is you don't I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm not gonna throw anything I can't really substantiate. I just there, there's a lot of suspicion against my mind unveiled because these two are very young. Their okay. research is prolific. Their studio audio sound, the visuals are fucking fantastic. And there's several people that have appeared on my channel who've told me that they get a real bad vibe from the channel. It's just something like, it's all too manufactured. It's like, man, it's, a, it's like, these are the poster children that have been put there to put this out, but they're not the ones coming up with this research. And they don't even sound when they're talking like, the, they don't even sound like they either believe this or they actually did the research. It's almost as if they're being handed a script. This has come from multiple people about Mind Unveiled. I don't know. I really don't listen to them. I listen to two or three, and I, I, I even publicly, uh, denounced the Cabbage Patch deals as being anything unusual because the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, Christian America, when it was talking about pregnancies and talking about babies being born, we were so fucking puritanical back then that you couldn't openly even discuss these in print. So it was really popular for housewives back then to cut these things out. 
Just cut them, just cut them, cut the, cut the little babies out that they thought were beautiful and put them in little cat, uh, uh, little cabbages. And it was just symbolic of, of them being born. And they did postcards like this, birthday cards, seasonal cards, especially in the fall. And there's no real mystery. Now, this was all a mind unveiled, attached all this to the idea of something that is real, though. And what's real is the sudden appearance of all these orphan trains where, uh, I don't think there is a connection. I don't see a correlate between them, but they did bridge those two two together. So it's almost like you you guys know the easiest way to promote a lie is to mix it with proof. So I see the orphan trains is very true. It was a phenomenon. It's documented. We know we see we've seen the pictures, but the whole cabbage patch deal just is taking it to a whole fucking other level. If you're if you're going to describe it as something more than what it actually was. We did a whole episode on the orphan trains, actually, and we had when we did it, we had no reference to Cabbage Patch. Uh, well, yeah, there, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see the connection. No, I mean the, the orphan, orphan trains are definitely a thing. I mean the whole orphan phenomenon, you know, the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, that was a thing. I mean, there's advertisements you can, you know, you can still find, you know, advertisements yeah. for for adver- you know, oh, orphan sale, basically orphan sales, you know, selling children. Um, it's so it's crazy because it's all it's like who got genocided. Right. Or, I mean, that's a lot of fucking females to be putting out babies. They did. There. I mean, it wasn't just orphan trains. If you look at the microfish, you look at the newspapers for the late 1890s all the way to 1920. Mm. There were orphanage orphanages all over the place selling children. Right. There. Yeah. This is this is a verifiable fact that there were many, many, many people organizations selling distributing orphans where did all these children come from where did all the babies you know who made the babies where are the women where are the mothers where are the parents was this was this i mean was this uh the remnants they killed off all the adults is this like kind of like a this is this is kind of like an, uh, an israelite situation go into wherever and kill all of everybody but bring me the children well <clears throat> johnny was gonna say it was it's more like a carthaginian Phoenician situation. Uh, Where did these cast off children go? Cat, we mean by cast off. Like, how are they cast off if their entire like population was wiped out? That's they're not really cast off. Like, that's I don't know. What well, like, wasn't the implying. Phoenicians that were totally wiped out? I don't. I don't know. Well, if you look at the t- okay, so some of these Tartarian buildings that you see in these cities that we they're obviously in inherited cities like Philadelphia and, and, and San Francisco, Chicago, right? They imply that a lot of people were there, like the hotels, the the Chateau Front Hall, or excuse me, Front, Front, Chateau Fontenot up there in Canada, right? That's like, there's imp- these buildings imply that there was a large population because there's a, l- a lot of room for a lot of people in a lot of these places, right? So it would stand to reason that there might have been a lot of kids if they got rid of all the adults. Right? I mean... Now, uh, I don't know about the 1890s. Well, prior to the 1890s, I don't know. But we do have something interesting unfolding in South Africa. And if anybody could bridge this with the Boer Wars that that were going on in Africa, there could be a plausible explanation for the origin of all these children. What's that? Being being from South Africa, evacuated during the Boer Wars, mm-hmm. uh, because the the Boer Wars were essentially a genocide of South Africans, right? No, yeah, it was a genocide of South Africans, but it have been an awesome way to also move a whole bunch of children. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to figure out 
in the historical record where the hell all these killed children could come from. And I'm, I can't think of anything that was really going on at that time. Right. Other well, than the other than the Boer Wars. Well, well it, I could maybe shed some light on some of it. So the Great Expositions had um, an operation in um, incubators. They could have produced a lot of children, but not the amount we're talking about, you know, 30,000 a day. Right. Like, these are like test tube babies, basically, is what you're saying. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, somehow, I mean, there were thousands and thousands of children, thousands of orphans. They weren't all babies. There was a lot of these orphans were young children, too. They're, you know, six, seven, eight, yeah. you know. So there were kids, in addition to being orphans. So... I don't know that they grew them all. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just checking out there. Thinking you know, that I was, um, maybe know, they was did grow some of them. <laughs> I don't know. It's a combination. Well, it was me. Is there any uh... orphan children in the beginning? You know, because mm. um, I realized I was born in a workhouse, and then I found a collection of photographs that people have been brought up in um, orphanage asylums, and we're all exactly the same age in like the 1900 mark. They're all like 60. They all look identical. And then um, went back into, like, the records, and then we just, like, picked up on, you know, orphan trains and, you know, where are all these fucking kids showing, showing up from? Where are all the fucking parents, mm. you know? But, um, yeah, I did that back about, like, four or five years ago, something like that, on the Celtic Tatarian channel, and then it just went everywhere there. But, yeah, that came from me. Oh, well, there we go. Thank you, Flat Earth British. It's okay. Mm. Hey man, you know what? He's writing a lot of these narratives started up here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's got he's got this video he was showing me the other day. I thought a lot of these concepts were pretty new to YouTube, but it just goes to show you that I'm the I'm the YouTube virgin. I'm the YouTube virgin here. <laughs> he was showing me video playlists and things he's put on on YouTube that are five and a half and six years old. Yeah. A lot of these channels that are talking about the same thing. Aren't even near that old. He's got videos up from back then about the same topics. That makes I you talk, wonder where I, a lot of people get their material from. Yeah, I talked to Minds and Veils um, a little while ago. Asked him for an interview, and uh, he just said that although I was the benchmark for all his work, um, he's working on a project at the moment, and he would be unable to come on my show. So I was like, oh, all right then. And then a week later, then he put up the Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, like, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. It's, it's couldn't, you want to, couldn't, couldn't talk to me. It's hmm. terrible, man. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. You hear that a lot. So, any of you guys out there in Southern California? No. Um, Thankfully, no. No. Um, yes. Yeah. I used to be in Northern California. <laughs> I used to be in the Bay Area, but not anymore. We, we escaped. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm uh, several yeah. years removed from being imprisoned in the Southern California area. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Uh, if if any of you were close by, I was just gonna give you a free invitation. You can come on in. We got we got a meetup going on on the 21st of October. We're gonna do some partying before and after, and we got a lot of people all coming. And so a lot a lot of a lot of familiar faces from YouTube are all gonna be there in, in the same in the same room with us. I was gonna give somebody a free invitation if you're close by. Oh man, I would love to, but yeah, it's all the way on the other side. I would I wish hmm. that'd be a fun one. Jump on a plane. <laughs> What's the city? San, San, Diego. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego, I love San yeah. Diego too. San Diego's are great. Ah. San Diego's like San the Diego. last, the last decent city in California. Um, they've basically, you know, kicked the can down the road because it's coming to San Diego. But uh, they they pushed all the homeless 
up to the Bay Area a long time ago, and they're you know they they kicked all the homeless out of the beaches and they tried to keep it clean. But yeah, it, you can only that only lasts so long. Yeah. You can only you San can Diego only, was the was the best city to be imprisoned in during the the COVID situation, Johnny, mm-hmm. over on Fleet ASW. Oh yeah. His W yeah. would have been, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have been a bad place to get stuck with that, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, speaking of California, I saw I saw another video of San Francisco the other day. It's so terrible. It's so bad, and we just got uh, they just put out a report. I mean, I know it's all fake and gay and whatever, but they just put out a report that the money that the United States is sending to Ukraine is subsidizing small businesses uh, and. Oh, what was the other two said? There's a couple of things. Uh, infrastructure projects, subsidizing small businesses, and something else. So basically, uh, cities in the United States are literally falling apart. Literally. Like San Francisco, Philadelphia, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore just had, what are they, uh, zero high school students can read? Golly, man. Terrible. Also, none of them can hear the chirp. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, you get you cash money on an ATM, and it says, you know, donate money to the Ukraine. But everyone in Britain knows Ukraine's like a really wealthy country, right? Yeah, it's just like it's ridiculous, right? Like, it was. I've I've got a uh, very good buddy of mine who lives in Manchester, and he's oh, like, yeah. "Why is everybody sending money to Ukraine? Yeah, they don't need money." money. <laughs> Yeah, even the birds are throwing us foods in Britain. You know? <laughs> right, he lives. Well, he lives outside Manchester in um um uh Salford. I know Salford. Yeah, yeah. It's a town completely different. It's like they got their own thing going on in Salford. That's a mental. Yeah, he he lives in Salford, and he's just he's oblivious. Doesn't understand why this is happening. Yeah, yeah it's another world up in there. It really is. Manchester's another world. <laughs> I've seen the videos of um. Kiev, I'm not going to call it Kiev ever. They can kiss my ass. Yeah. Uh, and where it's like, it's like a really nice, really nice European town. It's all, everything's yeah. brand new and glass and you're shiny. And yeah, like, what happened? It's European capital. Yeah, what happened and to all beautiful. the bombings? What about the bombs? I was told there was bombings. Oh, yeah, whatever. They right. said that for Syria. And then they show you Damascus and right. all the cars are just burning around. And everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. <laughs> well, the, the way they talk about it, you would think it was freaking Dresden. Right. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> they used the same videographer that they did for the 9-11 attacks. <laughs> attacks. I love how they call them that, too. Attacks. Well, it's like the January 6th insurrection. Did you, oh, guys, did you see that clip of, um, do you know when um, the guy comes in and tells George Bush that, like, whatever, the events yes. happened yes. when he's sitting there reading that book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I Have you seen goat, what yeah. the context of the book is? My pet goat. Yeah, it's fucking, like, plane hit and all of this. The, like, the words for what's supposed to be happening in the book. Yeah, it's kite uh, must hit steel. Oh yeah, yeah that's they, right. They, yeah, yeah. It's steel in the you book. Know, kite or something, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's and the, the whole t- thing is the video, ridiculous. the way right. the teacher does yeah, the, it. The goat was my pet goat. It's been Mandela affected to the pet goat, but of course, you have the famous video "I Pet Goat Too," which is a um, is, is based upon because there's no I, I Pet Goat One. I right. Pet Goat One was my pet goat, the original book that George Bush was reading to the class of people so yeah right you know that that video where the teacher's doing the thing where they're, they're doing the the words 
right? It's just yeah. such a weird way that they're doing it. Like, have you ever been around a teacher that has ever taught anything in that way? It seemed kind of like she was oh. like, it was like, like the way you would give instructions to animals, like to a dog. Well, it was some sort of neurolinguistic programming. Type yeah, it was thing. It, actually, it was, yeah, it seemed like NLP. Yeah. MK Ultra. The whole thing was weird. The way he's nodding his head, like when they're going A, B, C, D, or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, like just, yeah. it's like he's an infant or something. He's just nodding along. Then dude comes in his ear and he gives him the, he gives him the Han Solo. I know. <laughs> and then the story is that he just sat there for like 11 minutes or something, not doing anything while America was allegedly under attack. And meanwhile, Donald Rumsfeld is at the Pentagon running people out on stretchers like bro you're the secretary of defense like right. that's not your job right yeah, right such a fucking hero <laughs> like, yeah right he, he had to play the hero no right. it's like when the big boss when when the big boss shows up to the construction site and he's got on a hard hat but he's still wearing a tie and he's going to help yeah. out a little bit yeah <laughs> it's like that but George Bush, when he stood on top of the pile of rubble and he said we must get the people who knocked these built uh, i mean these buildings, he couldn't even get the fucking narrative right. Right, right. Now watch me hit this drive. Yeah, that is it. That's a different one, but yeah, he does. He does. That's that's another one, but it's just watch me play fucking golf. It's yeah, it's just another one of those. You know what? What do you? They're standing on a ladder, waving their little penis in your face, and like, what are you going to do about it? And nobody's going to do anything about it. Nobody ever does anything about it. And, you know, when somebody, quote, does something about it, something stupid, like they shot up a church, which doesn't ever happen in real life, because nobody does that. Yeah, there, was, there was that one guy who threw his shoe at Bush. Okay, that, that was real. And I have wished him a happy anniversary every year that it's got that. I have a, one of those Bugs Bunny in a tux. And it's like, <laughs> happy anniversary to, uh, his name is Khalil Al-Azhar or something like that. Of the time of the anniversary of the time Khalil Al Azhar threw a shoe at George Bush, I love that. Why? Why can't we have the equivalent of the guy in Japan who took the samurai sword? To well, other politicians because uh, every well because politicians are just actors and all that stuff is just a stage. None of that stuff is real. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, it's, you have, it's all they are is actors. Every damn one of them. Mm-hmm. I I've it's been explaining to people. You know, that's something that nothing, they never hurt him, do they? You know, what's the chances of Reagan getting, Reagan getting shot, survived? Hope John Paul gets shot, survived. Right. It's like, fuck me, are these assassins just shit or what? You know? It's right. apparently <laughs> the same crew that tried to assassinate Castro 300 times. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. That's such a yeah, great Gary narrative. Gary tries to assassinate himself almost every time he's on camera. Yes. I mean, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, yes, Jim Carrey. Oh, my God. I don't think, I mean, honestly, if my grandfather fell down as much as Joe Biden falls down, we wouldn't let him do anything anymore. We'd put him in a wheelchair and wouldn't let him get up, right? <laughs> he, would, he would have a DN, DNR. No, but for do real. Not resuscitate. No, I mean, I mean, of course he's to have a DNR, but like, think well, about this on, for a second. Like Matt says, it's like Matt says, if anything were real, if anything were real, the second time Joe Biden fell down, he'd be in a wheelchair like FDR and nobody would ever let him walk anywhere ever again. Because you don't like the head guy. My hair, guys. <laughs> he's a hair sniffer. <laughs> right, he's got it. I don't a, think he's real. You know, it's an creation. Yeah, he tried sniffing my hair. Uh, do you know it's an creation? Nobody went, and then they had Lady Gaga. You know, we've all like dressed like fucking Hunger Games and all this weird like ritual going down. You no, know, Gaff Brooks with his bestie Michael and fucking Obama. They're all yeah. in a gang together. Oh, the fuck is Michael? 
Oh, look, I, I was Garth Brooks connected with them. It's all in the same fucking thing. <laughs> and nobody was near. And then it occurred to me, like, I don't think any of this is happening. You know, it's just like, you, there's no people. There's nothing yeah. to tell you this event is actually happening. It was in the middle of COVID. Yeah, the same yep. thing goes on with uh, Prince Philip's funeral. It was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life during COVID. And they, he's the king's dead. They're burying him. And there's like nobody there. No human beings are allowed out to watch it. So it's just like, his coughing going through empty streets. I'm like, well, this shit's not going down then, is it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's like when you see when you see Jay Z with Warren Buffett. You're like, why why are those two hanging out? Like what do those two have in common? Like why would Garth Brooks the same gang, aren't they? Yeah. They're all in the well, same thing. Well yeah, they're in the same gang, exactly. Yeah, Speak- you know, Russell Brand, he turns he's he had that true show years ago, didn't mm-hmm. he? He just shows up in I watched one episode, he shows up in New York. And within 10 minutes, he's sat across the desk from fucking Donald Trump, another actor. Do you remember he was in uh, The Apprentice? He'd done a good acting job in there. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a video of him, like, kissing Yuval Harari as well. And I see, yeah. I see, yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, I don't look too But good. now he totally raped these girls. Like, mm. trust this guy. He's got his credentials. He's being persecuted for going against the pharma companies. Okay, oh, yeah. sure, boy. It could be just a play to try and get, you know, the credibility card. Because, like, you know, like in a strand, like Julian Estrand, he had exactly the same thing, didn't he? And then he's supposed to be, like, what, 20 years in the fucking Colombian embassy? Not. <laughs> right, you know, right. It's just these people. It's just they're on the Illuminati card. It's all just bollocks. It's a play. So he's, he's living living in the embassy. What is he like? Uh, Tom Hanks at the terminal. He just never left the airport. Yeah, bollocks. He's going out the back door every night off to the West End. Yeah. She's not stuck in there. That one, that, the one Julian Assange, like everybody still believes is true. That one makes me cringe so hard. Like, yeah. guys, it's it's all, nobody you see shoved in your face is a real person. Right. Not a one. No. None of them. And, and again, especially if somebody comes up out of nowhere, like an AstroTurf person, like a, like, like a John Fetterman, right? And, uh, yeah. Or Ashton Kutcher, like we've been we've been talking about that. That oh yeah, he's a weird one. The guy who did the guy who did the uh, Ashton Kutcher is John Fetterman video. I can't unsee that anymore. Like this, this everything about that guy's skull shape, height, you know everything everything you can make you can make a, a Frankenstein looking dude with prosthetics. The eyes, yeah, the eyes it, were perfect. Yep, the eyes like they were totally perfect matches. It was so uncanny. It was like the opposite of Uncanny Valley. It was like, wow, yes, this is real. Yep, and <laughs> and again, again, well, that just kind of goes to prove uh, why the masks during uh, COVID, when they were doing facial scanning, recognition type stuff, all they needed is your eyes, yeah, to recognize yeah, you. Yep. yep. So if, if you guys are unaware of what we're talking about, that John Fetterman, that big Frankenstein-looking senator that got elected recently, the there's a video I found on Twitter of this guy who overlaid him with Aston, Ashton Kutcher, however you say his name, Kutcher, whatever his name is. And it's like, um, if you put a prosthetic brow and nose and then just did some makeup, it's literally identical. It, I'm not saying it is the guy, but boy, it sure does look like the guy. And these people are in fact actors. We've said this before. I mean, you know, we joke around even, even, uh, even from, I mean, from the president all the way down to the crisis actors of the false flag events, they're all actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, right. Hey, can, I'd like to ask a point. I have a couple things on my mind. One of them is sure. I discussed with one of you guys about doing a video 
about if you could find more video clips of people talking about people who are trapped in simulations inside video games. Yes, sir. That's me. I still want to do the video. Yes. I, I, yeah. I would love yeah. to do that video with you on YouTube if you want to. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's do uh, it. Now. So I emailed you and then we just kind of both like got involved with other things, I think. Hey, but hey, listen, I, I have a girlfriend that helps me with my emails. I have a full time employee, Big John, who helps me with my emails. And I'm still so far behind. <laughs> yeah, that so, happens. That happens. Oh, uh, hey, check this out. I want to do that. I want to do that as soon as you're ready. Uh, okay. This week, I don't, I don't care if you got. Some yeah, videos. let's do it this week. Okay, let's do I'm it this down, week. Dude, I'm, I'm down with it. We can do it all on my channel this week. Also, okay. the other thing on my mind is uh, if it, if it takes some digging, I'm just not real good with this type of online research. It's I'm good with books. I'm good with bibliographies, lexicons, and all that shit. But online, I get lost, distracted. If somebody can provide me a full video of the 2012 opening ceremony for the Olympics and the closing ceremony, there's so much predictive programming in there. I want to do a decodes on that, but I haven't been able to find uh, a video that shows me both of them. No, no. it's down off YouTube. There's nothing. They keep taking on. them down off YouTube, but I'll have a look. I mean, I... Russell Brand was playing the Mad Hatter and and singing the the uh, Pied oh, Piper right. of Hamlin. They they pulled out those medical beds and those kids were hiding under the sheets mm -hmm. and they had them people dressed as demons, COVID nineteen yeah, running around. Yep. And then they had Russell Brand on, on this bus, and inside the bus were a lot of people who wanted out. But it was showing Russell Brand had trapped those who were trying to see beyond the collective, see beyond all the lies and bullshit. So Russell, in, in the in the predictive programming of this ritual, Russell Brand, his job was literally to steer those who thought they were truthers, who thought they, they and he was going to steer them and, and guide the narrative. That's what he was doing on that bus. There's a lot of symbolism in that. They had a phoenix in there. And I, I need I need that video. I need to see. I just can't find them fuckers, man. Skull, you and I have both tried to look for that video. Um, we can As try and collaborate, and we've we've got channels on Telegram that we can request. Yeah, I've got for, that for brothers to provide that. Got it, I got a little. I got a yeah. I got a research fund set to the side, man. Listen, I, I'll pay for the video. I need that, man. Jason, Roger, when you when you mentioned that on your first seal of the apocalypse um, video, I went and looked it up and I found it. It's on the official Olympics YouTube channel. I oh. shared it to my Telegram channel. If you guys aren't on Telegram, I, I, I highly suggest it because it's a great platform for sharing videos and audio, especially. Grog, you said it's on the official uh, Olympics YouTube channel? Yeah, I'm, I'm sharing it in our prep chat again right now. Okay. Yeah, I share that. Well, and I'll, I'll email place. it to you, Jason. That's the fucking one place I'd have never looked for it. Isn't that, isn't that something? <laughs> you should be able to find it if you just search the Olympic channel. It's like three hours long. I'll be damned, man. I didn't even think about that. I'm looking now. Well, you would never think it would actually stay up on YouTube after that kind of symbolism. It's kind of like the Gothard Tunnel opening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got that on video, though. I have got that. Oh yeah, every everybody and their mother got that one on video, Martin. Yeah, man, there's some weird shit going on. Devil making an appearance. There was like all sorts of like crimes going on, and it was just the weirdest thing. People biting one another, and all the world leaders were watching it. It was fucking nuts. Yeah, and you have yeah. Pan, Pan and Chernunos, you know, mm -hmm. making love with human yeah. women. Um, yeah, that was it. 
Absolutely insane. <laughs> wow, wear, three yeah, hours. Like all men and women, you know, all with bandages on, practically naked, really. Got no clothes on. And then but they were like vaunting all around on one another. It's like what the they were opening a tunnel, though. So, I mean, that makes sense that the they devil, were doing it. was called the Devil's Tunnel, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they were opening. Guess what? A portal. Now, wait a minute. Did we just go from? Did we just go from the Olympics to CERN? Or are we? Um, well, it is connected. With no, I know. It just well, sounds like Gether, you sound Gether like you're describing. Was two you years, about, two years removed. I think it was 2014. Right. What I'm saying is, you sound like you're describing the same event, basically. I got that video. Uh, I posted about that a couple of times, and I did. I got a clips of the uh, London one when it was when it when it happened. Um, I posted about it. Say, so look at this level of fuckery. That like Those a fifty-foot-high demons. Yeah, the, the Olympic, the like Olympic uh, opening ceremonies have been really crazy. Like, like, what does this have to do with the Olympics? Sport. With sport? With competition? They do the same in with- the half times in the, in um, you know in uh, America. They have like Madonna coming on for the. What's the big American football thing? Fucking oh, the super, the super, the superb yeah. owl. Well, they're like it's fuck all to do with sports when they have Madonna coming on halfway through and all of the Illuminati fucking things she does. Right, you know, halfway through. Yeah, she's doing the Baphomet. Yeah. And it's like okay, that, that makes sense. That mm. completely connected to football, isn't it? They well, do and, all of them. We had the World and, Cup here. It was crazy. You had Fatboy Slim. They had all these performers on stage. <laughs> And everything, it was exactly the same. All of this weird Illuminati fucking stuff going on in the World Cup. It's the superb owl. owl right? That's right. Superb owl. Well, superb. Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong. They had uh, Madonna as the owl. It was Athena. I mean, I don't watch that stuff, so I can't correct you if you're wrong. But pro- but sure, probably. <laughs> probably. I didn't watch it. But Madonna, speaking of speaking of MK Ultra things, have you guys seen... Britney Spears in the knife video? No. No. Oh my god. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, there, dude, you haven't seen didn't didn't Zoomer Waffen put out a go to Zoomer yes. Waffen. I'm pretty sure there's there's one with Michael Myers too, right? It's I, I shared the Michael Myers one to our okay. channel. Okay, that is whoever did the Michael Myers thing to that is all is is amazing because that was quick too. But uh it was Perfect. He, was, he did a perfect rendition of it. He did a perfect Mirror. rendition. Of it. I, I haven't seen either. Okay, so you oh, guys God. have to see this. So Britney Spears has done lost her mind again. His mind, its mind, whatever it is. Oh, uh, the hipless wonder that that thing has never had any hips, not even from the nineties. Um, and it's back with the low cut bikini bottom and some sort of tube top, and it's spinning around with large blades doing like some sort of filipino knife fighting dancing thing it's you guys gotta i i that's all i can say oh my god yeah yeah that's all i gotta say there's like three little cute doggies in the background kind of like what the hell's mommy doing the dogs are like oh mommy's doing the thing again no yeah i mean obviously she practiced that because and the smile the thing is when she stops and like smiles at the camera that's the part that gets me it's just like ah that's just kind of creepy i think that's ai skull i think that's ai I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely wouldn't doubt that. I think the queen was AI because I think she died years before they told her. Oh, I agree there. I agree there. And possibly here. Speaking of people dying, uh, Dianne Feinstein is supposedly finally dead. Man, my entire office laughed. And of course, and of course, death is like, is Kissinger just not in here? 
<laughs> is Kissinger not in the book? Like, what the like, fuck? Who, what, what's going Kissinger? on there? Right. And Henry Kissinger's like, guys, defeat. Guys, mind blow, right? Jason, telling the new Mandala effect we found out. Oh, oh, boy. Man. Oh, oh, guys, I'm Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, we're going to do a Mandela effect on archaics with uh, Kiva Shampoo. And it's Martin and I are both going to do it. But he just he, 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 he just told me one that it really, it really kind of hit close to home because I love my Scooby-Doo and I love my Scooby-Doo t-shirts and all oh, no. that. I'm pretty fucked up about finding out that Shaggy has lost his Adam's apple and it can't be seen on no more what? No more cartoons. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Gulp. When when there was trouble, you go. Oh. And it would go know. all the way up and down his neck. Remember? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and he'd go gulp, and that was his thing, and now it's not that. Also, he's just got a straight little neck now. Yeah. yeah. Also, a risky business. Tom Cruise when he did that fucking dance in his underwear yeah. and he was sliding around in risky business. He yes, always sir. had a white a white button down shirt. Now it's flaming paint. Oh, he's not wearing he's not wearing sunglasses anymore either. Yeah, the sunglasses went away. Oh, yeah, God. the sunglasses disappeared. There's okay, a couple that of gets Mandela me. effects that, that gets okay. me. Yeah. Good. yeah, I I knew about the Shaggy one, but that the Tom Cruise in Risky Business that that's bad. The Shaggy one yeah. that is a, that is egregious. Shaggy is as that one is as egregious to me as Hello Clarice. That's my yeah. Right. Hello, yeah. Clarice is my uh, C3PO's gold leg to skull, like skull. And, what was like, he supposed to have said that? What's that? No, That's what he's supposed to have said. Now he doesn't say it. Now at he all. says, Good morning, what? Clarice. Yeah, yeah, he says, he says, Good morning. No, good, mor- good morning, agent, whatever her last name is. I don't even know Clarice's last name, honestly. Yeah. We're not supposed to know her last name. Agent Sterling. Starling. Starling, that's right. And Clarice Starling, that's right. Okay. But it says, Good morning, right. Agent Starling. No, no, it said, Hello, Clarice. And that's the reason yeah. why, like, that's like half the every freaking, every preview of that movie, you got to see that. Hello, Clarice. That was well, there's even video of An- Anthony Hopkins saying he said, Hello, Clarice. It's yeah. like, okay. Well, I don't know what else you guys need there's to understand video what's going on the, here. There's, there's people that are like, of- No, you don't understand. That was just the directors. No. And the, yeah, that was the promo or something. It's like, no, no, no. He actually said it in the movie. Mm. And there's no promo with it, by the way. There's right. no commercial with it. There's no preview with it. It doesn't exist anywhere now. Nope. And everybody, everybody, when they talk about when they recorded that scene, when they filmed that scene, the director, the producer, the, the camera guy, the lighting guy, the grip, the key grip, the best guy, all the stupid name people that were on the set that, you've interv- that they've been interviewed, said... When he said hello, Clarice, that's when we knew we had Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Like that was the scene that was the thing. Right. Was literally that was the line that made him Hannibal Lecter. And that doesn't exist anymore. So technically, fuck that movie. It doesn't exist for me. War upon the book. <laughs> it's Red dead Dragon. to me now. I wonder what it says in there. What's that? The book, uh, Silence of the Lambs, rather than it's all Thomas Harris, isn't it? It's an old book series. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Right. Silence of the Lamb, uh, Red Dragon. Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Right. I read a few of them. Oh, Martin, that's a good point. Uh, I might go through and find a PDF of those. Yeah, go. Well, go the they book, say the same thing. I'll bet you the book says good morning, Agent Starling now. Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to go ahead and say that it likely does. Uh, it's a brilliant film. The most memorable moment is when the guy in the next cell flicks something at Clarice. <laughs> yeah. Oh! And then, yes, and then and, and then uh, oh, Dr. Lecter makes him swallow his own tongue in the night. Yeah, yeah he did. He makes hey, him swallow yeah. his own tongue. Those were Since those we're, were on those were horrifying books. 
They were really, really <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was back when horror was good. I ate his liver with, with some Chianti and some fava beans. <laughs> yeah. Since we're, we're talking about Mandela effect a little bit, as well as YouTubers, have either of you seen this channel called C3PO's Golden Calf? Are you familiar with him? Uh-huh. Skull, you have a new YouTube that's, channel? That's just old Skull. I was going to say, that's Skull's <laughs> new channel, right? He was on, to kind he, of he was on an interview together. with Brian Stavely, so it's not me, but yeah. Go yeah, ahead, Gardner. Well, I was just going to say, he tried. this guy tries to kind of put them together and create messages with the different effects, because a lot of them seem to kind of have biblical aspects to them, and he's tied a lot of them in with that IPECO video that Skull mentioned earlier. They're terrific. They're they're terrifically well produced, and um, th- this is one of the guys that came out of nowhere. But he was on our friend Brian Stavely's podcast yeah, for Brian's, yeah, yeah, Brian's terrific, and awesome. He seemed like a definitely like a cool, genu- genuine dude. He was on there with this other Mandela researcher called Blue Pac Man, and uh, they it was a really cool interview. Actually, I highly recommend it. It's like a three hour interview Brian Stavely did. Yeah. Brian's great. Brian's so good. He's such yeah. a legend. Love that guy. Really do. Yeah, Brian's here. We had Brian on. I his name. I, 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 I don't have you, any reference for him. I, I told you yesterday about him. You asked me yesterday who's this Brian Stavely because it keeps on about him. But yeah, he's been around for time. You know, nine eleven. He's done so much in truth. Honestly. Oh yeah. He's, yes. He's yes. He was a fun oh. guest. He's he's a cool guy to talk to. Yeah. yeah. And he's been. That's crazy. He's another one of those guys who's been doing this for a lot longer than a lot of people too. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve. At least, yeah. Which, well, I got, I got a three, three little pieces of news. Some of y'all might heard of it. My bro Martin here knows. He knows. Uh, you guys know David Ike plugged me in his in his new book. Oh, and, uh, oh wow! Really? He, uh, yeah. In chapter four, I, I read it to my community. In chapter four of his newest book, The Dream, he actually uh, gives me four compliments. Uh, he spends the entire chapter talking about all those who brought simulation ta- theory to the table. Starting back with the originals, going all the way past past Bostrom, all the way up till now, and then at the end of the chapter introduces me and uh, Archaics.com. He mentions Jason Brashears. He quotes me out of one of my books, and he says the uh, the value of, of what Jason brings to the table is different because he's coming from a different perspective. He's actually showing and demonstrating this that we live in a construct using chronology and historical patterns and cycles. And uh, so he really plugged me, man. He really did a good thing. And right after that, I got an invitation from uh, uh, the Philosophical Research Society, founded in like 1940s by Manley P. Hall. The director has invited me to give a speech in Los Angeles. Whoa. And, uh, Very nice. Wow. Fantastic. Uh, and I forgot That's the really other cool. one. I forgot the other one. I, oh, oh, uh, Chloe Knight. I will be on Unslaved with uh, Michael DeSerion. Well, when? Really? On uh, Halloween night. Fucking hell. Oh, awesome. oh man. That? Oh, oh man. That's awesome. Wow. Nice. Okay. Is that gonna be live or is that really gonna cool. be cool? That is cool, man. Fucking hell. That'd be a legendary legendary moment. Sure. Is that gonna be a live show or is that gonna be a recorded show? Yeah. Unslaved, I'll be I believe is live every Friday, unslaved. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I believe So Paranormies live stream watching <laughs> Jason Bashir's and Michael Sarian. Yeah, right. Oh, that's right. You guys are all on Friday nights, too. Well, huh? no, Halloween's on Tuesday this year. Okay, it would be Tuesday night. He does it on Tuesday night, then. He might, hell, he might do it four days a week. I don't know. <laughs> I know, well, 
Dawn's the one that gave me my schedule, and I looked at it. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. She said, yeah, he wanted to talk to you on Halloween night. I said, damn, all right. Halloween, Halloween night 34 years ago was terrible for me. I ended up I ended up trying to do a carjacking, and my buddy John Ernesto ended up stealing a person. And then got me wrapped up in a whole bunch of bullshit that night. And that was a Halloween, Halloween night, huh? 1990. That's that's the night that got me in all this trouble. Mm. Halloween. Hey, hey, Jason. Uh, I heard that Owen Benjamin apologized to you for slandering you oh, like that. Well, yeah, he, well, he didn't apologize to me personally, but he did just the the he did the next best thing. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's I've had a lot of people who contacted Harris County and got my criminal records. You know, people want try trying to expose me, trying to do all this, trying to trying to say that I'm lying. And then when they get my court records, they see something else. They see. They see that I wrote a full confession of my participation. They see that I actually wrestled my co-defendant down and, and kept him from killing this girl you know, on the side of Interstate 45. And I, and I basically pricked him in a gas station to go get some hot dogs out of a rotisserie. And I drove off with her and I took her straight to the to the police. All the all this shit is in my is in my uh, PSI report from the court investigator. And when these people find that, they change their tune and and uh. They don't really go back and undo all the damage they did. They didn't really do me any damage. All they did was get people interested in seeing who the fuck I am, and they came to my channel and so. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's crazy that he's not the only one. There's been several people that that have uh, gotten my records, and then when they get them, it just kind of fizzles out. It's like, oh fuck, this ain't there ain't really ain't nothing to this shit. But yep. it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. I've, I've already been offered. Uh, 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 there's a law firm here in Houston that is offered to almost for free. They've put their pride. They're so impressed with archaics that they've, they've offered to come all the way down. They said, because I'm 17 years old on Texas law, I can actually have this completely taken off my record. But you know what? It's, it's so much of who I am now that to do that is almost as if I'm trying to run from my past. And I, and I'll never be accused of that because I, I truly do not give a fuck about somebody's opinion. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel. I have um, something that happened to me. I had an incident in 1993, and um, it gets brought up. In, like They're like, well, Johnny was arrested for selling cocaine. He's a drug dealer. 20 years ago, 20 years ago I sold cocaine to a stripper and got arrested. Like, hey, dude, at least you sold it to the right one. Oh, dude, do you have any idea? How, never mind. There's a whole other... This is a, topic for another podcast but do you know how much pussy i used to get selling cocaine to strippers anyways uh the 90s were fun that's all i had to say but yeah so i got arrested in 93. people bring that up in conversation now like i don't like i'm not married with two kids in it and an almost 20 year career like you know what i mean that like <laughs> you know it's like yes i'm yes i'm obviously still the same drug dealer i was in 1993 and if you go look um none of those charges stuck everything was thrown out and i didn't mean yeah so yeah man like it's like, the, but it's the same I'm thing. A, but people, I don't know why people are, are tripping on other people's criminal histories and be, shit. Well, because almost mine, every single politician now that we vote for, man, we got well, it, we have to vote with the one, the one with the less criminal fucking background. Exactly. It's like it's like okay, do we want the one that eats babies or just fucks babies? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not joking. Before well, it even, was like, and even the people that are against all that system, then we got <clears throat> infiltrators into. All of the let's say dissident groups that are right. trying to rile people up. They're I mean, like, infiltrators. Infiltrators. So they run the group. Literal Satanists. Yes. <laughs> trying most- to sell their sisters on Telegram. Right. <laughs> so terrible. It's like <laughs> when they said that when they said that they wanted a uh, that they would you know if if 
what's the deal if they would lead um, the resistance and uh, well, I forgot what the phrase is. We'll control the opposition. They'll control yeah, the opposition we'll, we'll... by creating the opposition. That's the, that's yeah. What uh, that that's was what Albert Thank Mackey you, or no civil war civil war Templar Freemason Pike. Oh, Albert Pike. Albert Pike. Albert Pike yeah, was yeah. yes when they when when the people need a hero, we will give it to them. That's the other thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Right. Now it's the same. I mean, it might as well be the same guy. But the other thing is, yeah, when you to control the opposition, they create the opposition. Just look at just just look at any of the uh, just look at any of the retarded groups, whether it be Antifa, Black Lives Matter, uh, the neo Nazi groups, you know, National Socialist Movement, or Blood Tribe, or any of that crap. Any any of those groups on either side. They're controlled. They're infiltrated. They're whatever. You know what I mean? What, if if not completely. Order, order of nine angles. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. So I was making a joke about order of nine angles. Somebody, um, my friend was like saying, there's this article that came out about this Mexican guy who's um, had they <laughs> exposed a pedophilia ring and uh, based on, on his arrest or something. And he's order of nine angles. And they're big in these really really extreme white nationalist circles and they were the article was trying to suggest that there was like thousands of these people and my friend was like yeah there's only hundreds and i was like yeah and 50 of them are feds right yep yep and the other <laughs> thing was the other thing was that like the picture of him he's definitely a brown latino and it's like this he's is very brown the yeah. wh- the whitest white nationalist leader right like none of the white nationalist leaders are white yeah. <laughs> they're all mexican they're all, they're mexican. all mexican or like kanye or like <laughs> or a jew like you know like yeah or another jew or a half a jew yeah. they're, they're all conversos right or just jews like well i mean well you you had before you had you had frank cullen who was frank cohen who became frank joseph don't don't get me started on that i know i, I know i know i'm still pissed about that i know it's like the same guy, really? Damn it! I have all those books. You get nothing. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Right, have right. It's you like, oh anything. man, more books to burn. Great. <laughs> well, we'll stay warm. You know, <laughs> it's true. I yes. I have a bonfire like every day outside the house. <laughs> hopefully, you're only Good burning. Books. Hopefully, that you're not burning books. Yeah, books, uh, books, weeds, uh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good oh, lord! Did you burn um, Michelle Obama's becoming. Oh right man! Hard? Hey, you guys, I, Michelle Obama. I would never has, spend money on that. Come on, Michelle Obama <laughs> has pregnancy pictures now. You guys, so it's official. Yeah, it's a, Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you cut out. What did you say? I said Michelle Obama has pregnancy pictures now. You guys, so it's official. It's not a guy. Well, okay. she got a pillow. No, no, they were AI. They were is AI. It, is it better, better or worse than Vin Diesel? Oh, it was terrible. These were AI, and it was oh, like, come on, pink had children as well. Love <laughs> pink no yeah i know no, did you guys see the picture of the it's i don't know if it's malia or the other obama daughter that's standing next to the car smoking a cigarette and like a bikini top and a sarong it's like fat and out of shape and like got like underarm fat and stuff and it's like the obama it's the younger one it's the younger one yeah it's the younger oh. one the older one looks more and more like a boy every day and the younger oh, one is no. just like I don't know. It's like the old, the younger one looks almost. It's got to be a tranny. It looks kind of like, um, oh, who was the who was the Jewish tranny that cut itself open? That got it. Uh, the very f- TV show one. It was a famous uh, tranny. 
the mother, the Jewish mother and the kid turned trans. Did you guys ever hear about this show? It's a terrible television show, but it's on. Like, oh, the uh, Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings, yes, yes. That's the one, Jazz Jennings. I can never remember it because I never watched any of it. I just know it's horrible. Uh, the daughter, this this Obama daughter, is starting to look more and more kind of like Jazz Jennings did. So maybe there's more truth to the fact that both of those things are trannies. Ugh. Ugh. Can't you have any? Like, so, there are there any? There's no real women on television. There's no real... Like, <laughs> All the elites been doing it right the way along. The Russian elites and oligarchs do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's Gee, all there's, the a, there's a real convincing meme out there that shows that I'm a woman. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not well, apparently, apparently, Johnny and Altsko have been exposed yes. as trannies. Yes, yeah, they've gotten us too. We've been exposed. Uh, we were uh, listen. I mean, they got they got my they got my bone structure doctored in. They got these little lines that look convincing and say this is all feminine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I know. Guys, I uh, I care less about the Q angle than I do about the N angle. I care about the Nephilim angle. Oh man, that is give, me, that, give me those that, bone structure lines, Jason. You've you've mentioned that the elite kind of slowly trickle into the underworld before the Phoenix events. Why the hell do they replace the mainstream? You know, the people on TV. Why are they replacing them with trainees, though? Like, what is that like a shit test? Do they want us to notice? Uh, you know what? Like, it's almost uh, like NASA. Yeah. This shit, this shit show, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I'm of the opinion based off what happened in 1899 to about 1902 was, was so many, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, all of a sudden during, during the Phoenix period when something, Right around that, all that time, all of a sudden, all these people, Car- Andrew Carnegie, everybody has gone to the country. They're in their estates. They're out of the limelight. Nobody's doing conventions. Nobody's a- a- anywhere in public. They can't be seen anywhere. Everybody's on retreats. And, you know, a- after after all this shit blows over, come June, come June and July, all of a sudden they start surfacing. Then their companies start surfacing. Then new banks appear. Next thing you know, all the Fortune 500 companies are in place. 1902 and 1903. So it's a, so I believe the exact same things, but is already happening. I, I mean, you don't just build underground cities in 1962 and 63, 64, 65, 66, and then appropriate congressional money in 1973 and 74 and pass the bills to have Brilliance added to that budget to add even more real estate in the underworld and then ha- leave them empty. No. You got to have people in those facilities, just like buildings today. Buildings today become dilapidated real fast from disuse. You want the plumbing working, the electrical, we want everything working. And to, to guarantee that, you got to have them occupied. So that's what I believe. I believe a lot of these actors, actresses, government officials, people who, who've been accused of shit, sent to prison, executed, all this shit. Uh, Obama, uh, I mean, uh, Osama bin Laden, uh, Saddam Hussein, all these players, all these players in the, in the, in the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, once, once their role is over with, that's where they go. And they've probably been sending them down there for 30, 40 years now. I mean, these places have to stay occupied until, until they're needed. That makes sense. I mean, you know, my theory with like, say the Kennedy assassinations is that they just retired them off to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, you can't go there. You know, that's yeah. that's gated community. That's a gated island. You can't even pull up to that island in a boat. You know, 
They just sent them it's off there. It's probably connected by underground tunnels to all sure. the whole infrastructure underneath the United States. Oh, absolutely. They're all, yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, and, well, that's not true. Okay, well, let's say for now they're not doing it now, right? Well, what's Elon's most profitable company? The Boring Company. What do they do? They make machines that drill a hundred foot diameter tunnels for what? Right? What for what? Why is it? And how is it the most profitable company for him? How is this company making him so much money? Apparently, people are buying these things. A lot of them. Yeah. And the number one customer is the United States Air Force. Why is the Air Force buying tunneling yeah. machines? One hundred percent. Say that's a good. That is a real good comment. You can find the images on Google of those thermite drill train monorail train makers that had that giant drill drill bit on the front that yep. melt through bedrock. Those are Air Force vehicles. What are they doing underground? Well, they're making Mars. That's where the Mars is going to be colonized. You're going to go to sleep. Yeah, they say Air- I always wondered when I saw those pictures, like, what the fuck are Air Force? You want to know how Air I figured Force this out? Uh, oh. Drills doing underground. It's just like Space Force. Yep. We all know Space Force doesn't do a fucking thing in space. The space they're talking about is the Internet space. Mm-hmm. But and underground. But it's, it's, it's Disney space from underground bunkers. Yes. Yeah, I get that. You're gonna have you're gonna have hologram simulated uh, ceilings, just like I'm gonna get the reference in again. Just like in King Kong versus Godzilla, you have this. Yeah. Guy. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I I am I am determined to get the, the to get tunnels, that in as many shows yeah, as the, possible. The tunnels that went all over the world. Yeah. The pneumatic tunnels in yes. Kong versus Godzilla. Yes. Leaving from uh, level 33, or is that where the Something was that's happening. That's where the, that's where they were. Was yeah, level underground, thirty three underground, yeah, underground level thirty three? And of course, the conspiracy theorist podcaster. Do you guys see that movie? It was yes. so good. It was really good. It was. I told it you was. guys. I told you. I, my, I took my son to go see it, and I'm taking notes on my phone. And he's like, "What are you doing?" Right. He's like, "What are you doing?" It was so loaded yeah. with conspiracy truth drop candy that yeah. it was, and then it was on top of it. It was entertaining too. It well, was very well and- done too. Yes. And the first part, too, like, Johnny, you're talking about, is the simulated, very nice Skull Island, mm-hmm. right? That yep. they have, well, the entire island is apocalyptically experiencing this, you know, eternal um, um, uh, monsoon. Mm-hmm. Which is being, it's, it's a simulated the, um, the log up into the dome and then breaks yeah. part of the dome and it, it just like in hunger, hunger games when she shoots the arrow up into the dome mm-hmm. they're showing you the simulated ceiling right. sky right but that's just a movie skull it's just a movie dude come on yeah right real. that ain't real yeah that motherfucker yeah. is not real i've seen the sky glitch out only a couple of days ago and yes they recorded a weird obse- observation of these block pattern that was coming from the moonlight like really really weird only yesterday so what do you mean like the moon was having like a block pattern ago guys when there was um, an eclipse and people recorded it through trees and you just literally seen thousands of miniature eclipses on the road yeah that's crazy yeah it was like six years ago yeah about that six years ago yeah so it, it reminded me of that the moment i seen it but it was all in like block patterns it's just fucking nuts i can't even scientifically work it out what is going on really is it on your channel? Yeah, yeah. I just put it up as a, as a, as a video. So it was only two minutes. Yeah, it was last, last night was strange. That moonlight was weird. Yeah, man, that moon was super bright as well. It was huh. it was crazy. It was uh, it was very bright. Yeah, yeah. Was- I I got up for work at four thirty in the morning and drove it. When I drive to work, it's I get out of my 
like county road area get out on this highway and it's a straight shot like 15 minutes and the moon was behind me and it was lighting everything mm. 4 30 in the morning um yeah the moon was huge this morning still very bright very very bright hey um jason and martin i got a question for you do you agree that in the last few years the last i don't know over the last decade or so that the sun we see in the sky has changed substantially to okay. something more intense and oh, something yeah, that's white. A good one. Well, yeah, it's gone from. Uh, a I do. I do agree. <laughs> it doesn't have the yellow. Yellow. It doesn't have the yellow tint that it had when I when I grew up in the eighties. Right. Same. No, it looks more LED nowadays. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I feel that it's very much more intense, even though the temperature doesn't change. Like I, I just. Um, I find it difficult to abide standing under it now the way I, that I used to. And I know because I've, I've gardened, um, I've been gardening for 10 years now and I've noticed just the gradual change of being able to be outside in late July, August. And, uh, and I'll look at the temperature. I'll think, what is it like 40 something degrees or like over, you know, like 110 if you're, um, in Fahrenheit and I'll go inside and it's like 90, you know, it's not that much different. It's like 30. And, uh, but it doesn't feel that way. Something feels different. And it seems to suck the life out of you when you're outside now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, say that it's something definitely afoot with the sun. I'd be saying it for a few years now. It's a much more intense, brighter white. It's a, it's an LED now. It's not natural light anymore. They took the incandescent yeah. bulb out. What you do know. you mean they look bigger than they used to? The moon looks bigger than it used to. It's doing all these weird red moon, yellow mm. moon, blue fucking moon. It's like none of that shit happened when I was a kid. Oh, the moons were, yes, the moons were crazy. And the sun's looking a lot bigger than it used to when I remember in sunsets and stuff. I don't remember. I seen it the other night. It was fucking massive. I thought, I've never seen that big in my life. You know, it's like almost as if they're closer or we're closer. Right. When it's on the horizon, it looks enormous right now. Mm. I've never seen it. I don't remember it looking that huge, except in pictures that people would take. But uh, you'd see those pictures or in a movie or something, and they'd be like, okay, they're framing it that way. But now you see it in real life. Well, I've been talking a while. I've never seen that before. You know, and Scully, you're talking about, oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. I was going to say about the sun and how, how bright it is. You know how like when the sun goes behind like a small cloud, and you can still get that halo of bright from behind the cloud, which, first of all, is just more proof that it's that it's local. Uh, local. And uh, yep. but that the, the ring that comes from behind the clouds now, it's like that's even brighter. You yep. know what I mean? And even with Absolutely. sunglasses, even with sunglasses, the sun is almost too bright. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's, well, and it's, it's very unnatural as opposed to, as opposed to the, like, like I'm, I'm Italian and I tan really well normally and i haven't like i didn't really tan this summer and i was outside quite a bit um about as white as i normally am in the winter time right it's just weird well, and, oh no good well and to build up what you're saying too everything feels more oppressive when you're being outside like yep. i've grown up in the in the american south i'm no stranger to 100 degrees and 85 90 percent humidity 100 yeah. percent humidity whatever you walk outside and immediately everything sticks to you your clothes your shirt sticks to you um the past five years have felt worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. there there's something going on i, I don't know thought. what it is it's cow farts leave the, the farmer's almanac kind of tips me off to the simulation theory, guys. 
What's that? Like the the farmer's almanac. Right. I know what what about it? it? Like what about it tips you off to that? That just kind of tips me off to simulation theory a little bit. Why? Just the fact that it's it's patterns. patterns, Yeah. They they predict them. I mean, these are you're talking about agrarian culture, New England farmers pre industrial revolution that wrote these things. Based off what? Patterns. Right. Did you guys yeah, there, true. there was a television show on on uh one British channel, I, I believe, or some older American channel where they would uh they were basically running a farm like they did in the sixteen hundreds in the United States, and they had a book called The Book of the Farm. And it was like how to do everything in a farm. And it's like like an instruction, like it was a weird instruction manual that somehow was passed on generationally. And it had like all that, that almanac, the, uh, the farmer's almanac programming type stuff in it. Cool. Very strange, like how that was, you know, like there was a manual for farming back then. And also. Yeah, I, yeah. I've thought of that since like Back to the Future 2 with the sports almanac. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's a fart. I was there a fart. You see this big old book? Yeah. Oh. You see the title on this book? Chambers Book of Days. This is Chambers Book of Days from the 1870s. And guys, these people, they meticulously documented what days of the year were the foggiest, the highest humidity dates, well, where the sun, what what the angle and obliquity of the sun is, the detail in these charts, it's just, and the print is so tiny for this gigantic ass book right here. The print is so tiny. Oh wow! And it's oh my gosh! This is a Chambers Book of Days. It's everything about timekeeping systems, how to calculate time, and how time is subjective and always, and and it's always different according to where you are like if you're in the far north everything is shorter if you're in the far south everything is shorter the closer you are to the equatorial deal the longer the day becomes and it's got all the difference between the sidereal astral everything's in here and i just i'm just i'm just telling you about it because this is the sum of knowledge that was available in the 1870s and it's highly meticulous and you can't read detail specific material like this anymore. Everything's computerized. No one knows this data anymore. It's all automatically done digitally now. You know, it's just crazy, dude. It is, it is absolutely mind boggling. You can look up every single day of the year in this book and it will tell you all the like the greatest crates uh, on, on weather, geography, everything about that one day of the year that you need to know about, man. These people, these farmers plotted everything out back then, man. It's great. Wow. And Jason, this, that's a Scottish book, right? I believe it is. Yeah. So it's, it's real people charting real events that occurred Mm -hmm. in their towns, in their local area in Scotland. You know, it's not, this one's 1864. And because I just said something, I guarantee you, as soon as this video's over, Martin's going to run his ass into my library and grab this book. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my eyes can see them words, though. Magnifying <laughs> glass. Hey, man, get... I, I got an old, I got 1911. I, I got an old magnifying glass. There you hey, go. guys, I got all antiques in here. I got all kinds of antiques. <laughs> Do you notice how the words almanac is actually etymologically? Old maniac. <laughs> but, 
that I'm pretty sure that describes everybody in this call. I mean, kind of, kind of. That's cool though. But yeah, it just goes to show you that these these people like documented really well all the stuff back then. Um, a lot better than they do now. I mean, like you know, we just document stuff with no. selfies and uh, Facebook posts. The, the sailors do. We have shipping logs. Like right. everything had to be yep. logged when I was at sea. I mean, every fifty minutes. I mean, if I washed a fucking cup, it was going in the logbook. You know what I mean? Mm. So. <laughs> It was a bit, it's a bit like that, I think. All right. Well, um, we didn't talk about anything really spooky. We need to get some paranormal. We need to get some paranormal topics. Giants. Yeah. That's not spooky. I've I've got that for hour two. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's. You guys want to take a break real quick? And uh, sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, everybody, take five, and we'll be back.
All right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny with Alt Skull, Reinhardt, and Grognak. We're still talking to Jason Brashears and Martin Liedeke. Um, Let's jump back into that interview right now. Done my, done my live show tonight, and I done my YouTube apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> is it not you all being MK Ultra folks? YouTube. So what's this now? YouTube is going to start allowing more. People are saying all sorts of shit now. It doesn't really seem to make any difference. Everyone's banging on about COVID again. Fucking hell. If you said that like six months ago, your channel was down. Okay. So, you know, they say medical disinformation thing on it all. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking harassment is there. You used to be. And then it went to medical disinformation. That's the usual two they get you on. But they don't be doing it. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. I think they shot themselves in the foot. You know, people like Joe Rogan left YouTube, and now it's all just fluffy fucking dogs and stupid kitchen videos. I don't think people want that anymore. It's but like somebody else. Yeah, this. You know, the things that happen on YouTube are fucking awesome. It's ten times better than telly, and everybody knows it as well. You know, mm-hmm. pure immersive. Everyone can join in. Fucking hell. You need to fuck off and let us do what we want. <laughs> Yeah, see any shit we want. Fucking hell. Years ago, you'd see anything on YouTube. Right. Anything. Fucking hell. And then people discovered, yeah, and then people discovered certain things were fake, and they're like, wait a minute, whoa. And they started censoring Yeah, well, I'm an auto hoaxer anyway. Everything's fucking fake to me. Right. It's fucking fake. Right. Do, um, do you know, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? The guy who goes by Tim Osman with a Z? I've known Tim fucking donkey's years, mate. Okay. Years. So, years. Eight years. What's that? Oh, right on. So, like, yeah, we we reached out to him to talk to him. And then he he never he never wrote back. Don't do that. Don't What's do that? that. What you want? Everything in your will to just disappear and fuck up. What's that? No, don't have that fucker near you. Oh no, I'm joking. Oh, okay. Tim, fuck no, fuck no. Uh, so Tim has got like magical ability. He's got like a server room as big as YouTube in the basement. He's not like military op- um, operation on, I think, or military intelligence or anything like that. But he can like hijack your channel put tens of thousands of fucking stupid little Japanese videos on your channel after they've stolen it. Oh, man. You do things like that. Yeah, he's a fucker. And he's got a magical ability to just pop in and out of anybody's YouTube channel. Oh, okay, well, never mind. You know, like um, basically sniping years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I like his books. Technology to override all sniping in and out of everyone's channels. He used to dox everyone. He used to pawn bomb everyone. I had to pack in my last Facebook. Fuck, I Whoa, okay. Because of him fucking putting porn on there. Oh, well, that can only go one way. That's going to be really bad. Yeah. A lot. Um, he pawn bombed me live. When I was live on YouTube, I had like fucking 500 people in the chat. Next thing you know, there's a couple fucking on a bed. I'm like, what the fuck? Dump the video, too late, YouTube caught it, fucking copyright strike. And so he's just oh, like, wow. he's just like the, the maximum troll. He hates Flat Earth, fucking hates it, yeah? He turned up a Flat Earth meet years ago, right? A couple of the Flat Earthers mm. went, spotted him, sat on a bench and went over him and said, you're Tim Osman, isn't you? He's like, no. It's like, you fucking are, and they were going to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> but he's what, the infinite wow. point? I'm it- at murder. He, I was on a hangout once, right? And um, basically, um, with that Patricia Steer, I don't know if you remember her and all that back in the day. I remember that? Who, what's and her Tim name? Tim joined the Google Hangout, yeah? And like literally, the <laughs> fucking shit hit the fan. I had YouTubers going live. Martin was on a fucking same hangout as Tim Osmond's and all of this, you know? Um, you know, fucking vegan warrior went nuts. Loads of people went nuts on me about being on there. Um, dread, he went nuts. So yeah. 
Tim's bad news. Why did you want to talk to him? What do you oh, because I, I read his books. I, his books are interesting. He is. Oh, right. Okay. No. So there's two <laughs> Tim Osmonds. There's two Os Tim Osmond, the Illuminati secret squirrel spy, right? Who's a fucker? Keep him away. Okay. But there's this. So you're on about, right? IPS, itchy, infinite plane society. Right. And then he changes his name when he writes a book. To Max Sargent. Only Max Sargent wasn't happy about it because he was Max Sargent. So he thought, I'll take the name of the biggest troll on the internet, Tim Osmond. Oh, that's Mark Tim Sargent? Tim is IPS, is um, Infinite Play Society back in the day. Okay. okay? And Itchy, IPS, um, did write the books, yes. And he probably is worth talking to because he's really, really intelligent. But he's a big fucking load of trouble for you. Oh, okay. So careful when I okay. What? He likes me. He doesn't mind me. He's never really... You know, been on my case or anything, um, much. But other people, oh. you know, if that's his emphasis. Is he well, maybe people. maybe it's better that he just didn't. Yeah, we'll just. No, you know, he's honestly he's really smart. But like, he had a, a, an animated book out about flat Earth um, that was a five star, at a five star rating, like six months before the book was actually released. Because I, oh, wow. <laughs> I was keeping an eye on my book. Because <laughs> like, my book's only like just short of five stars. Why the fuck is that? It's been out like six months. This <laughs> one's not even released for another six months. It's got five stars. How do they know how good it is? Right. Like Tim Osmond. So, we, need uh, to, yeah. we need to figure out how to do that. Right. I know him well. I know him well. I know exactly okay. all about him. That's cool. So he is smart, but he's like, he done a number on the um, Flat Earth. He linked up. Do you remember Jake Gibson, Flat Earth uh, asshole? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he links up with him and he says, let me show you how easy it is to make money. So he's in with Jake in this fucking room. they got computers in front of him. Oh, man. He just makes like six grand or something in like 40 fucking minutes. They shares it between them. And then there's Jake just laughing like, ah, you're fucking stupid, you lot. I'm having a great time. Big bag of weed, fucking all this. And he's just rubbing everyone's faces in it and all of that later after that. But IPS was like, he just had this ability. He was he's super clever with computers. Right, he has a couple of things going on at the same time, and I, he's already admitted that he's a fucking Freemason. That is not a secret, right? He joined the Freemasons. Apparently, then he left them. He explains that he only went into the Freemasons to find out what it was all about. But he said they were a load of stoic old bastards doing nothing, so he couldn't be bothered. Right? So he was a Freemason, um, and the people who he associates, associates with are like the super trolls and stuff. And he's in that bottom feeder, super troll society fucking mentality and has been all these years. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. There's a little rundown on uh, IPS for you. Infinite all right. Society. He was big news. He got pushed by YouTube when he first shit out of nowhere. Um, everyone mistrusted him. And he'd done this like thing where he was standing in a court of law mm. uh, with like some senator or something. And he'd done a legal case where he was talking about Malvinas and he put a brilliant case forward. And showed that this guy's got like he's just super smart, yeah. Um, and then he just started like not being fake. He was telling people he was ripping off, but he was on the make, yeah. And um, and then he just made books and disappeared into his little fucking other world. But he's still there. He's got um, a thing called Feppy. Have you seen Feppy? That's his theme thing. It's a penguin, Feppy. No. Yeah, I read it. It's something to do. It's got a gay connotation, something to do with it. Oh, I'm feppy, the word, apparently. But yeah, he's got a fat Feppy the Penguin, was his little themed thing for his little thing that he built up around IPS back in the day. But yeah, he was shit art. He was the boy, golden boy in the moment at one time. 
Tim Osman, who is IPS. Right, Infinite Plane Society, right? That's the Infinite Plane Society. Back yeah, in the day. and that's not necessarily flat Earth. It's just that's that's no, he wasn't a flat earther. I, I, he was, he was. I don't know what he was. I thought he wasn't a globe earther either, really. But uh, yeah, but he just said that you know, it's infinite. You know, he, he touched upon it that it may be unrendered because of the nature of a sim. He, he touched upon that stuff, you know, really early on. He had mm. a lot of good concepts. You know, mm-hmm. give him that early on. Um, but yeah, like I said, he just minced everyone, changes his name, sets it back later, and that's what he does. So. Gotcha. But I ain't got a problem with him. Right on. I'd have talked with him if I was you. Really interesting. Right on. Well, thank you. Yes. Well, now it's I have. Yeah. yeah, we love. I mean, do we? We've had we've had all kinds of people on the show. We've had we've had people that we were like, cool. We read this person's book, and then we got him on the show, and it was like, whoa. Reinhardt, yeah. what was her name? Doctor, uh, or what's her name? Oh, Laura Sanger. Laura Sanger. Oh, my God. Well, what she was... are, you, are you saying that they're not equal to the book they wrote? Uh, no. Uh, it, it's not that they're not equal to the book they wrote. It's just that, like, we were expecting a little. Th- no, it was just, it was just, it was just an interesting conversation. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. You're going, you're, no, listen, I, I'm not trying to, to whitewash it. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to. Listen, this is my main accusation. This is why I have been calling out Graham Hancock, Randall Carson, Andrew Collins. This is why I have been publicly naming these dudes and shaming them and steadily telling my community that these men refuse to meet me in debate because I have read their books, but I've also listened to them. I, I have paid attention to the details. I've paid attention to their diction, their grammar, their syntax, their nuances, the, the information that comes out of their heads, and I have accused them publicly publicly of not writing the books that they that they have had published yeah man that's that's a big deal to me i got 17 books published so i get real offended when i come across all these people with these published books and then when i go to talking to them you're a fucking moron there's no way in hell you wrote (laughs) oh no 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 not that at all no this it was just it was um she was she was just turned into a sermon halfway through and it was very awkward yeah oh yeah so that situation okay it was just like sorry uh, jason gets triggered everyone (laughs) oh no i and no jason i get it because because there are people who have put out I, i will put in quotation marks books and um, you're like, wow, reading that it sounds, you know, it seems like a very smart person. You talk to him, you're like, wow, you're you're an actual idiot. You didn't write that. So, <laughs> so Johnny, do you mind if I ask a question here? Sure. Some something Jason just mentioned. Andrew Collins. Are you talking about the same Andrew Collins who wrote from the Ashes of Angels? Yes, I am. Uh-oh. You are. So. I'm very interested in, in what you have to say about him. Hang on a second. If, if we can, I'm glad. Talk I'm, about glad him. You, I'm glad you isolated Andrew Collins from the other ones because he he deserves to be isolated. The man probably did write that material. My critique of Andrew Collins is different. I, I don't put him in the same category as Graham Hancock and and Billy Carson and several others. My beef with Andrew Collins is because the man is very intelligent, and yet you still fall for this bullshit archaeoastronomy shit that's easily disproven. The the academics have already revealed all the information on all these calendrical systems from the past, but all these pseudo-scientific alt-history historians are steadily putting out this false zodiacal narrative. I've even done videos and presentations on YouTube showing the community, guys, look, there's no history to the zodiac. This shit was fucking invented by the Romans. 
It does not go back beyond 100 BC. Even the Egyptian zodiac was created by the Greeks, the Macedonians, at the Temple of Dendera in Egypt. And that's what the, all these dudes, even Andrew Collins is guilty of citing that, of, of citing all these archaeoastronomy deals. You cannot rely on archaeoastronomy dating to date anything beyond the 7th century BC. If you don't take into consideration that every single civilization in the world changed their calendars in the or in the late 8th century BC, in the year 713 BC, everything changed. All the calendrical systems changed. And if you don't take that into consideration, every single projection in archaeoastronomy beyond that date is absolutely fucking wrong. And I, I have contacted these men. I've sent all this data to them, told them where it's freely available. Nothing. Radio science, silence. And this is because their books are already well established. They've already got this, they've already got this narrative out there. And they're not, they're just hoping that somebody hits me with a truck. Well, damn. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't really argue with that. I mean, you've, you've actually challenged these guys, given them information, and nobody's come back. Um, yeah, well, they make a lot of money. Graham Hancock makes a lot of money. Um, I don't know about the other guys. I find it interesting that, especially on YouTube, the debates that you'll see are so obviously curated, and they'll pit one person who has a mainstream opinion with someone who is, again, like we were talking about controlled opposition. Um, right. Like my like you know at the risk of talking shit about somebody that's been on the pro been on the show before david weiss is the worst debater the worst flat earth debater i've ever seen yeah. and they'll put him against people yeah, like uh, professor dave a softball who is, like um, professor dave he's a very skilled character destroyer and if you don't understand that walking into a debate you're going to get mauled by this uh this pit bull and then there are other flat earth debaters like nathan oakley who would tear Professor Dave a new asshole, but, <laughs> but he'll never go on there, right? He'll never take on Nathan Oakley. Oh, no, Nathan would just rip him to pieces. Oh, no, God. Nathan. Nathan. I know no. Nathan well. I've, he's my friend. I've met him many times. Nathan's awesome. He's I like Nathan Oakley. Awesome. He's, yeah. He's so great. When I, like, we, I've learned a lot of, of, of like, not, it's not debating. It's just bullying what he does. With he's it's, psycho, and it's he's knowledge psycho. though. When but it's facts. It's an when you meet him, he couldn't be nicer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you oh, would never yeah. have a fight or a confrontation. But once he's on that internet, he's yeah, a monster. Oh yeah, <laughs> you make you cry. You have yeah, yeah. men stammer and cry. With That's him. it's terrific, man. I love it. Yeah. I have seen a couple of debates where people were. Uh, unfortunate and naive enough to get to go on the stage with Nathan, and it was good luck ugly. With that. Good luck with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Professor Dave knows better though. Well, that whole lesson. that whole oh, setup yeah. with that whole setup with David Weiss was like you said, it was a limited hangout. Views. Fucking uh, yeah, I, I mean, was, again, I was so angry watching that man. It, it was a Our way for David Weiss so to really represented, and you have to. After a while, it's like Dave knows these arguments, man. You have to think that after a while like he's going out there on purpose like why is he the guy debating well, why wasn't he defending himself properly it was yeah creepy. it was mm -hmm. like dave just tell him to fuck off and tell him he's a donut why it was all yeah, it was for me. every one of us that watched it was just like what what's going on here right. like this is yeah. not representative of what like any of us word, clapping like a fucking it's, seal in the background uh, <laughs> it's it's like having ken ham debate for creationism 
against uh, Bill Nye. It was the same thing. It was basically that. Yeah, actually. It was another version of the Ken Ham-Bill Nye debate. That's a good analogy, Reinhardt. Thank you. It's like both of these guys are absolute retards. Mm-hmm. No, right. Professor Dave, Russian Vids already posted uh, called the cla- caption, and Professor Dave saying, oh, no, I don't do my own work. I'm giving a script. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. many videos of that where he's, I'm not actually a professor. I'm like, you know, oh, I'm no, taking science fact. classes. No. Like, no, he's not a professor. No. No, he's just, a, he's just a Jew who's good with his mouth. He's good at talking. No, you know, he's, he's good at character talking. assassination. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk about Professor Dave. He makes me nuts. I know, Everyone and then but then so you much. have David Weiss, so, and then you have David so Weiss who goes on there, who is also, but on his father's side, um, and he gets on there and just throws up the worst, you know, the worst side of her flat Earth that you could ever put up there, right? Um, this is like it's like when Mark Sargent did that commercial, and uh, yeah, yeah. it was like. Worst. What was it? It was oh. like, don't be an idiot or something like that. Or, yeah, it's that globe like, and he's just like ridiculing Flat Earth, but he paid him a mug of money to do it. And right. he done it in another movie as well, which was an obvious spoof of Flat Earth. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, dude, if you're serious about that, you're going to take money to spoof yourself. Like, uh, mm. it he, makes he me think you're not serious. That, yeah, I realized it was a spoof, but, you know, we're up against it. So mm. it still gives Flat Earth exposure. It does. Or negativity will still bring people to it. Right. Was, but then was, then they go that. and do the yeah. movie The Beyond the Curve, where they, quote, prove the Earth is round. Yeah, but with that Beyond the Curve, they, they edited that to fuck. That's not how it went down, especially with Bob and the fucking uh, the gyro. You know, sure. And he says that he's proved that Earth's retaking at 15 fucking degrees uh-huh. when it's like Earth EFA because it was uh, they used an intrapanometer type of device. And uh, and they cut all that edited it all together. The Bob's like proving like the Earth's rotating. Yeah. So stupid. Your gyros are so easy to disprove. Oh, your, your gyro is showing that there's 15 degrees of drift. Okay, then why isn't it moving under planes and drones and hot air balloons? Exactly Boom. that, exactly that right. which is not. So yeah, but Bob's gone. Oh, RIP. Miss Bob. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. What are you saying, Jason? So, oh, David, David Weiss, he kind of just... Martin and I have talked about him. I mean... He, you, you guys know, uh, we talked about it before. He backed out on a, a roundtable with me and David Nino Rodriguez. Uh, five minutes before the show, he called David Nino Rodriguez and said, no, nah, I'm not going to go on with that arcades, dude. So uh, this has been this has been planned for a month. And we, and we thought it was all a go. It just it pretty, it caught us all flat-footed. And uh, then um, Martin told me some shit I, and that I had, I had to look up. It's like, you know, David Weiss? Hey man, Martin, what's the story about him creating that app, which gave basically gave the government locator, so every so government can locate every flat earther in the goddamn community. Blue dot. Yeah, a blue dot app. Yeah, it creates this blue dot app, man. So it's, it's basically just a fucking app that inform informs the establishment of all the people who are who are who have uh, 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 where they are. Yeah, where flat, they are. well, flat earthers, alternative history, Tartaria, all that shit. He, he, apparently he I'm made quite a bit of money off there. On there. He put my book on there as well, kindly. And, uh, wow. This this app thing. Yeah. Well, while at the same time on our show decrying that, you know, the Flat Earth Society and all these people have have just completely decredited the Flat Earth community. Biblical cosmology, whatever you want to call it. 
What flat earth society? Oh. Nobody knows anybody's in a flat earth society. They're not even a thing. They don't exist. Right. Right. They're right. just a thing that there's just a thing that John Kerry and, and Obama say. say yeah. I've been in the flat earth for fucking eight years. I ain't seen a fucking anybody from the flat earth society or spoke to anyone from it. It's yeah. it's like talking about people in the let's say white nationalist community. They're all feds. Mm. Or they don't exist. Um, it's a, hey, it's Martin, a Martin, it's, it might be Karen B does just doesn't let you in. Don't seem to be happy with me. Karen yeah. uh, angry at you, Martin. I don't know. I don't think I don't think the flat earth's happy with me generally. You know. Uh, I don't know. Sucks, man. I don't know. Once you once you start once you start hanging around Jason, you got all kinds of haters come out. No nah, man, this is all this is all ongoing, you know. Crazy. I don't give a shit, really. No, we're very used to having haters. I'm happy with my British world. <laughs> Suits me. <laughs> I like it. There's no point doing it if you don't like it. There's no point creating pressure and fucking shit and all of that because the fucking YouTube sucks. I don't think like that. I'm just going to enjoy what I do, bringing truth and love to the people. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, man. Fuck it all. No fear. <laughs> the world's full of pussies, as we all know. Well, everybody's yes. the The pussification of the West has has well, been moving at an oh yeah. at an epic pace. People used to guys used to be masculine, and then the world wars happened, and they killed a whole bunch of them. And yeah, everybody that was left <laughs> yeah. is the like 60s a. 60s happened then, wasn't it? That was the end of it. Yeah. And then they, by the seventies, then they all look like Matt Boland with fucking mascara on. Yeah, and then yeah, and now you have soy. Fags with titties and oh, that, I think that's always going on. I think that's been going on 1600, 16th, 18th century. There's a big record of all of that going on. I think that's just part of that's always been there. I you think, think there's you like, think the epidemic, but like the agenda. fact that there's there's loads of things. There's the money they're going to earn on the operations. That's big bucks. I bet they it's fucking trillions doing all them operations. And um, you know, not everyone needs to uh, be in a family unit, so they don't mind if a lot of people never have fucking babies. And they're all weird. They don't give a fuck. It's all based on hermetics, their society, and that's hermaphrodites. So it's all like that anyway. So they're quite happy with it. But I, I, it's publicized more now than ever, obviously, you know. But they did look pretty gay in the 18th century. Oh, they, well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, according to the picture. Yeah, well, you, yeah, well, because yeah. of the wigs. And they said, like, they, you know, they were all like, they all wore wigs. Yeah, right? the wigs. The 17th, 17th century, because the narrative is they all had syphilis. Uh, and they all lost their hair, and they put this whiting on to cover um, basically um, lesions and stuff. And uh, they put the little love hats to cover sores because they had fucking all of them had apparently syphilis. According to the official narrative, I don't think that's what's going on. They all showed symptoms of radiation poisoning. Is what I've yeah, I watched, I watched your hair. video. That was pretty compelling. Yeah, that's the hats. The hats. The, the the top hats and the wigs and all yeah. that yeah wasn't it wasn't just because they were dandies they were gay they were uh, this that and the other had syphilis there was something else going on there was something else going on yeah I feel it was uh it was a reset sort of time you know the whole narrative is just they'll tell you one thing it's like when they find these buildings they just repurpose them and they tell you there's something else they do the same issue it's just their interpretation there was a reset you know mm. so they're just picking up. Uh, you know, back to them orphan trains. I was thinking about when you said, like, about the um, underground uh, tunnels and that. So I, I suggested that before. I was thinking, well, maybe they did breed them or they did come from underground, okay? Because 
Um, the Hopi Indians say, when they say, oh, where did all the people come from? They say they came from the stars. Maybe they meant the star forts. And star forts are all over America. And they are definitely proven now that they got tunnel systems and that they're all interlinked. So maybe they would just come up through these star forts, go into trains, repopulate the cities after reset. When they're all empty, we know they're all empty at a certain period. And then, because they've been underground and they're all pale, they can't go out in the sun because this is not their sun. They've never seen it before. So they got to wear top hats, big hats, all clothing on the beach, mm. yeah, covered in dresses on the beach, guys, yeah, down right. to their ankles because they can't go out in this sun because they've been under fucking ground. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And this is yeah. the, the, the same plot from the movie Boy and His Dog. The people underground, the white oh, people underground. Somebody mentioned that the other day. Cracking, cracking, fucking. Film. That's one right. of the. Yeah, very, which this is the very first time, Martin, that I've ever even made that connection. It's, you just made it for me, man. But you, coming from the stars and the star forts, and the star forts having the ingress egress points in the underworld, you and I've never discussed that. That's well, new, it just, man. It just occurred. You've been to holding out, brother. How you no. gonna stand in the same no, room? You've been holding it just out. It just came to me. I just connected it, thinking, no, that's how I work. It's just like I thought about what you said earlier, and I just rolled with it in my mind, and it came together. So, yeah. It's good shit, though, man. We need to look <laughs> into you. that. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, so, it's interesting, uh, just from my own perspective, living in Japan, Japanese people are terrified of the sun. They don't want to have any tan whatsoever, and to have dark skin, like having the whitest of the white skin is the most desired they're right like the geisha girls you know they just yeah, yeah. Right, right 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 and so having any tan whatsoever is is verboten here and so what they'll do is they'll have like when they're driving they have like these covers for their whole forearms and their hands and they wear mm-hmm. gloves and they wear these big hats but when they go to the beach too like japanese girls don't almost none of them wear bikinis like they're completely covered actually when they go to the beach they might as well be wearing a burqa they've got this big giant sun hat and then like a thing covering their their neck and then they've got this uh like a wetsuit on basically and then that has a hood so they can put that over the hat and uh yeah it, it, it just reminded me of that when you said the people were coming from the underground needed all that sun protection and that's why we see them dressed in those ridiculous outfits because on the beach and, the sun, and it makes right? sense man it does make more sense yeah that makes a lot of sense, especially looking at all those pictures of what we call the inheritors on the beaches in San Francisco. Out That's by, what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, they're covered up completely, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's and not it because with, um, decency laws, right? It's like, well, that's later. that's the cope. So these people took the na- natural um, desire to cover themselves up completely from the sunlight. It makes right. no sense. Yeah, no, it's just it's because of decency laws. Absolutely, yeah. That they, no, that came in later. Right. No, that's bullshit. Had, um, that's the bullshit cope like, now. This is after 1900, the decency laws were introduced, where they had a tape measure on the beach. If you were on like Atlantic Atlantic City Beach or something, there was a, there was superintendents used to come up and measure their measure their uh, bathing suits to see if they were low enough or uh, you know not. Now was not, that uh, sounds like sounds like the window tax? Yeah, the yeah, mud exactly. flood. Well, that can't be real, the window tax, because if that's the case, they tax every single c- country and city in the fucking it's world. It's ridiculous. Hey, listen, faking space, faking space says that's exactly what it is. So there's no mud flood, okay? Window tax, guys. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That guy. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure those guys who were measuring people at the beach were wearing, guess what? A full suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're all dressed in exactly the same. They say this to one another when they meet one another. 
morning, good morning. What are they fucking morning for? And they're all dressed like they're going to a funeral. All of the men are dressed in exactly the same suits, like a demob suit, like they're given from the military. Um, I've suggested these people are getting close when they arrive at some quartermaster store, you know, after the trains, after all of these massive indoctrination centres, you know, the orphanage asylums, all of these systems they go through, and then they give them these fucking clothes, yeah? They're all identical, like you've seen in the San Francisco films, guys, yeah? They're all black. Like, um, Weird like, thing about it all, guys, they got no washing powder, no washing machines, and most people, you, right? You, you remember Time Machine? Yeah, everything's immaculately yeah. turned out. Fucking crisp collars, white shirts, beautiful yeah. fucking clothes. Mm-hmm. The women, absolutely fantastic in their crinoline gowns and stuff, guys, yeah? So... Dude, yeah. do you I remember H.G. Wells' Time Machine? He has yeah, the uh, the people underground make the clothes for the people above ground. Yeah, the motor. Yeah. Yeah, they, they make all the clothing. Yeah. It reminds they me of that. With all the same have an outfit when they, before they go into Westworld, too. There's one interesting thing in that film, though, right? He's in his time machine. He's got a clove shop across the road, okay? Now, this film's made in 1960, okay, Uh, with Rod Rod Taylor. And he's watching the changing styles in the clove shop, and they show you and go to mini skirts, yeah? From Edwardian, the shirt, and he's, like, watching, and then they go in shorter and shorter skirts, and they get 1960s right the way up to, like, 1980s and past there, right? How the fuck did they know in 1960s early 60s, before the 60s come, that the miniskirts would have been arrived. They showed you in that film. And that's H.G. Wells from the 18-fucking-90s, guys. Mm. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's a very old script. Old. Yes. So how would they know, though? All of these fashions and these clothes have been introduced by, like, Tavistock and the system. You know, like Mary Quant, she, you know, she arrives with the miniskirt. Suddenly all the women got skirts on there. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same year they bring out the contraception pill. So everyone, there's no more like, you know, getting pregnant. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Same as miniskirts. Yeah. yeah. Just coincidentally. So this is all like it was designed, you know, an experiment. We've always been in it. Well, well, and so many of these authors too, you talk about H.G. Wells, Edward Bulwer-Lytton, uh, The Coming Race. So many of these guys were involved in secret societies, the Rosicrucians, the uh, 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 Golden Dawn. Freemasons, obviously, um, and they, whether tangentially or not, they were part of creating the world that we have today. I mean, Bulwer-Lytton, he was he was uh, put as the head of the Rosicrucian Order at his time, and he said, no, I have nothing to do with this. I have nothing to do with this. H.D. Wells was sitting there like, no, I have nothing to do with any secret society, yet he was part of societies that were communing with spirits. Was it and, H.G. Wells is sitting on the boat being interviewed eight years before World War II saying, I predict there will be war, war in 1940. There's going to be a war. It's like, how do you know this guy? Oh, well, because it's a script and you've been given the script. And that's why you, that's why all these guys predict so many of these things. So uncannily, it's just because it's like, they're not predicting anything. And they were just handed the script and told to read it. Right, and they've been saying for twenty years that they had no idea that they were given the script. Yeah, yeah well, don't don't forget he put out the open playbook for the New World Society. All yep. right, yep. Sounds just like Graham Hancock giving a script. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's he sticks to it really well. He doesn't deviate. He doesn't he doesn't talk about aliens. You know, he sticks to his little script. But he sticks to his little bullshit. But he goes on. <laughs> <laughs> 
But he goes on Joe Rogan. You know, he goes on all the big shows still. So. Oh, and then he's that. I talk shit about flat earth. But Joe, I mean? right. But Joe Rogan, you know. World, it wasn't flat. It's like, fucker, do some research. No, they said it was. Yeah. It's like, I don't think he's had Eddie Bravo back on since he's gone to Spotify. Is that so? I don't. Has he? I don't think he has. Did he have he's him on? Eddie not too long ago on there. Oh, oh no, that was a few months ago now. With um, Sean Hibbler was on there with him. Did you see that one? I did not see the Sean Hibbler one. I try. I only watch. I only watch clips because I try not to l- listen or watch too much Joe Rogan. I don't like to let the CIA programming get into my ears too often. Yeah. Eddie Bravo shouted me a couple of times on there. He loves my ass. Nice. No, he's a cool guy. He, he, I like him. Yeah, he's yeah. a cool guy. He's so cool. He's also somebody like like it's like you know these guys talk shit. I mean, they, Eddie Bravo will fuck you up. Like, Eddie Bravo owns kung fu places all over the world, even right. in, even in Britain. He owns kung fu places. Yeah, <laughs> it will kill you. And him with Alex Jones under Rogan was. That will always be hilarious. That was, but that well, was back Alex when Jones and Joe Rogan have a fight, have a bitch off. Yeah, that was well. I mean, Eddie Alex Jones is much larger than than uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's short. I know. Yeah. He's a little tiny little guy. Yeah, he, he looked. He would probably be dangerously close to X-rated. So, not something I really want to see. Stop it! Yeah. Stop yeah. it! Oh man! <laughs> um, he didn't say naked wrestling. We said boxing. Gross. I know, but those two love each other so much. Gross. They do. They do. They love each other. It's pretty gross. Um, man, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. We saw this. Have we let them in on our hunch that uh, Bill, H- Bill Hicks is actually playing Alex Jones? Oh, character? I thought that was common was knowledge at this point. Literally, I was just going to say, uh, we just saw this clip. You guys have heard that theory, right? Yeah, of course. You can't be Bill fucking Hicks. How can I possibly be? I believe he is. We believe he is. Yeah. I, I mean, believe he stands is. stands outside the place. Uh, Alex Jones pointing at Bill Hicks word, didn't he? One sort of tipping people off. I did see that. And there is some similarities. But um, I've seen like footage of Alex Jones back in the day, though. When like. Well, there's different ones now. There, there's a couple of different ones. There's. Here's what I've heard. Okay. I've heard there was an original Alex Jones, and he was the really good looking one that's very early on. And then he switched out with the more round-faced one. And if you look at it pretty early on, uh, just before, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to say dates, but I'm going to say there was a much better looking one very early on. And then he switched out and it's the one that looks a lot like Bill Hicks. And sometimes you can look at pictures of them and go, ah, I don't know, I'm not quite sure. And then other times you look at them and go, oh my God, it's the same exact person. Like I found this video recently of a stand-up clip of bill hicks yeah and it's literally the same person mm-hmm. it's literally like oh my you, you i was like wait this is alex jones no it's bill hicks and there is a documentary it's like 25 minutes we've got it on our channel and uh i can't remember what the name's called it's like the making of alex jones or something like that or alex jones to bill hicks or something it's called something like that it's extremely convincing i'll just mm-hmm. say it's very hard to convince someone by, you know, Alex Jones is Bill Hicks just over radio or a podcast. He was in his 40s when he died, Bill Hicks, wasn't he? That's, well, the, like the, current age is, yeah. the current age is completely different now. That's, than, Alex that's, Jones is not... Uh, his last well, interview when he had cancer now, when he was ill. Did you ever see that last Bill Hicks interview? He's on yes. the chat show? Yes. He fucked. He looked fucked. Yeah. He looked like a properly ill man. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
Well, they, they it's not very funny, you know. The thing about Bill Hicks, well, the thing about Bill Hicks becoming Alex Jones, it's not. It's like you think he'd let, you know, like with um, Morgan Freemason being Jimi Hendrix. You'd think Morgan Freemasons want to pick up a fucking guitar and lick some out, being Jimi Hendrix all the while. But <laughs> well, the uh, thing, I mean, well, that, that was the uh, the thing about him being Jimi Hendrix is tech. Really, Jimi Hendrix really isn't all that great of a guitar player. No, he's he's really not. He's not it, to be the first box. It's know, just wow, the, wow, he wow. was just the first black guy who was able to do the thing. Yeah, and I, I would go with that. Yeah, and very conveniently with the with the with the uh, with the. The, I like what you said that uh, Freemason. <laughs> um, Morgan Freemason. Morgan Freemason. His first right, yeah. TV appearance, though. Well, his first, like t- right, his first TV appearance was. On a butterfly on his trousers. Was, uh, he's on Sesame Street. No, it wasn't yeah. Sesame Street. Hang on, hang on, Afro. hang on. It was it was Electric Company because electric the, company. Right, right. Afro-wearing, the, the Afro wearing the Afro wearing light skin freckled left handed guitar player known as Jimi Hendrix died, and the. Light skinned, freckled, afro having, left handed guitar playing Morgan Freeman showed up on the electric company right around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that one. That is that. And, and it did look like him when he was young. Like, I give him that. Uh, know, yeah. Like, and again, you know, virtually. Morgan Freeman always plays God, right? That's always. the. the yeah, he always plays God. And Jimi yeah. Hendrix yeah. is known as God of the guitar. Yeah. Right. Oh, this right. is my, my one of the takes. I, I actually. Jimmy was ex-military as well. And he, he was ex-military, yeah. Uh, His ex-army, yep. So, you know, and the, the iffy deaths that they give him is sort of like, oh, yeah, and he was 27. It's one of the 27 gang. Like, right, the right, like, right. Cobain. It's like they pulled him out, you know? Because that makes zero sense. Well, he was one of the original. Yes, Jim Morrison, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, military yeah. connections. Jim Morrison's father was a very famous admiral. Mm-hmm. So. The USS he Liberty. Was, he was the Gulf of Tonkin. Admiral. Gulf of yeah, Tonkin. Yeah, that's right. He was assigned the Gulf of Tonkin, but then after the USS Liberty happened, he was known for saying, if Israel actually did do that, we should retaliate against them twice as hard. And then John, di- or Jim died, excuse me. Then Jim was, Jim, you know, died. Was oh no! I, I think all that was. I think all that part of the story was. Club? Okay. Yeah, the Twenty Seven Club. Right. They. All of them. Yep. He just went. Gone to a new role. Name. I can name it. That gym looks absolutely identical to Young Rush Limbaugh. Yep. So just and saying. the things you can't change that I think are just just something that somebody does. The way you smoke a cigarette, and the eyes. Yep. Their teeth are identical as well. And the teeth, yeah, those teeth are identical. He's got that one thing. Same thing with Jimi Hendrix. He's got that one Jimi Hendrix and Morgan Free- Freemason have that one fucked up tooth. Um, the thing oh. about Bill Hicks is at the end of his career, before he was going into uh, whatever that deal with um, Kevin Booth, they both him and him and Alex Jones both had the same agent slash best friend, Kevin Booth. Uh, he was clearly warming up his Alex Jones character in his stand-up. Like, you could hear Alex Jones in his voice when he's like, the one, there's the one video of Bill Hicks dealing with a heckler or dealing with yep. some woman in the crowd, and he's yelling at her, and it sounds exactly like Alex Jones, like the way Alex Jones. Give, us an, give us an impression. Come on. I, I'm, 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 I got neighbors. I'm not yelling right now. You know? <laughs> it's loud. Well, no, it Sorry, was the Alex you, Jones. You have neighbors? Yeah. I thought they were like a mile away. No, I'm not in Tennessee. I'm not in Tennessee. I'm at the work apartment. Oh, oh. Yeah. I'm at the work apartment. I have, I have, I have lived hard neighbors. They have, they have a, uh, they have a sunglasses 2024 
for president. It's like it doesn't. It's just it's the Joe Biden. It's just sunglasses twenty twenty four. I find it hilarious. That is funny. Yeah, they drive a, ice cream uh, on it. It's a it's a uh, what do they drive? It's a Toyota Forerunner. So I don't know. They're like they're libtards that go hiking. And somehow oh. like Jim Carrey for president. <laughs> <laughs> but um I don't know, man. The the Bill Hicks the Bill Hicks uh Alex Jones thing convinced me a while back. But yeah, they're the multiples. Now remember, there's been six John Fetterman spotted. How many Joe Bidens? How many Hillary Clintons? So I mean How many Charles Manson? Got body doubles. How many what there, Martin? Charles Manson's, how many of you? Right. Ooh. That's yeah, one that got, isn't brought up a whole lot. Way. He's got a, he's got just a, a cross on one. He's got a swastika on another. Mm-hmm. And some people say it's George Bush. There was yeah. there was one where he had the Jerusalem cross. Yeah, I'd seen that yeah. one too. It's like, what the fuck? He's an actor. Yeah, if you They're go back like, and look at those Manson girls now, they don't look like girls so much anymore. No, no, they don't. And yeah. what's the what is what was the who said it? Uh, William Shakespeare, all the world's a stage. And the men and women are merely players. He's a fake. I mean, like we've talked about that. Like Shakespeare is fake. So it's funny. Okay. It's funny that the fake guy told us about the fake stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, that's just them, isn't it? Uh-huh. This fucking script for what this reality is supposed to be. There's lots of reset stuff in the Shakespeare mm. uh, tragedy. Right. There's a comet. A woman about a comet wipes out the world. There's loads of them. Loads Dickens of has narratives. Dickens has mud flood stuff where he talks about the the streets just being mud. Yeah, yeah. Dickens, um, in a lot of his book, he came to Cardiff, where I where I come from, and um, they say that a lot of he spent years that year, and they reckon a lot of his books were um, about Cardiff, not London. You know, like Bleak House and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Dickensian Cardiff rather than London. A lot of these books. Is Cardiff a big mud flooded city town? God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it goes two stories down in the centre. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, and Martin, you're. So Cardiff and Wales as a whole is a very, um, very ancient area, right? Yeah, everything's old as shit where I am. There's more <laughs> castles. This is a very small country, like Jason's told me. You can fit Wales into Texas 52 times. <laughs> there, um, I, I'd believe it. Were there giants yeah, in Wales? Uh, more castles in Wales than any other country in the whole world. We have over 800 castles. What? 800? Yeah. Wow. 800. Wow. Now, who built all of those castles? Yeah, I, I, say, I, yeah. I know some of the answer, part of the answer, but who built them? I don't know who built them, but their kids were on the war picture. So, so were there? Well, no, I think we just, I think we just solved the mystery where mom and dad was. Right, they're all in the castles. They're oh, carrying, they're carrying bricks. Uh, oh my god don't even get me started don't even get me started on the bricks edward the bricks wait johnny what did you say i said don't even get me started on the bricks bricks. (laughs) because we don't we don't need more brick emails no we we anytime we talked about stuff like the asylums or any of the bricks will fuck you up yeah that'll give you pain in the ass yeah where did they come from how are they killed how are they moved how are there truckloads of these things like yeah the, where was the where did the red come from in the areas where there was no red clay like that all those all those questions anyways um yeah we don't we don't talk about the bricks <laughs> could be blood, blood right there's that there's that yeah so 
So my big question, and and Jason, uh, this was for you. We're getting into Wales and the British Isles. There are a lot of castles. There, there was a thriving society there before the Romans, mm-hmm. supposedly, yep. historical narrative, right? Yeah, hit this area. Who built that thriving society, right? Well, in, in the official narrative is like that. Oh, Edward, um, or Edward the First, and Edward the Confessor later put up all of these defensive castles in uh, when they took over. Uh, Wales, where they invaded us, and then they put up all of these castles. Um, some of them are like literally new. There's Harlot Castle, oh, excuse me, Canmarthen Castle, where they did the king's investiture, and that's like a new castle. It's not even been there long. I have only 10 miles from where I live the biggest uh, defensive castle in Europe called Caffili Castle, and it is massive. Um, but they tell you it was never ever used in any battles whatsoever. Right. Um, in fact, none of them really seem to. I, I propose that they could have been pumping stations to get the water off the land after the floods, because whatever they say they are, they're fucking not. You know, these defensive things. They're about as defensive as fucking <laughs> brick wall of Rome. Right. <laughs> defending okay. from what? So, oh, Johnny, go ahead. As I say, defending from what? Okay, well, in the case of Wales, they put, like, um, strings of them all around the coast um, so and all around the borders of Wales because they was basically keeping all of the Welsh um, to try and make them behave um, because they took over our country and they got rid of our king, who was Llewellyn at the time, Prince Llewellyn. Um, and we've been, you know, they've been here since. Um, and the castles were all put up. Now, some of them were stately homes for um, elites. This was supposed to be when if serfdom was in play and, you know, we had sheriffs, etc., like the sheriff of Nottingham, like Robin Hood days. Um, so, and there's a number of star forts as well in Britain. You know, they say they give mm-hmm. them a date of like 17th century, but I think they're far more ancient. And these, these castles are everywhere. Yeah, I can walk like from where I live, 10 minutes down the road and it's a fucking castle. Yeah, so um, it was just, you could see evidence of just this massive civilization that is all over this area where I live. And it's just like not there no more, except for the castles. It's just incredible. You know, we have the giant, most oldest Neolithic stones, 11 miles from where I live, called Tinkins Wood. Um, and it's older than they say Stonehenge. Um, and it looks like the buildings fall over and got bubbled and melted to my eyes. But to them, they say it was a burial chamber. So it may have been at one stage, but I don't think it was built for that. It looks like remnants of a building. These are all over the landscape where I live. And I got all the old maps as well. And I can prove that there was shit tons of communities and towns, duchies, if you like, all over South Wales where I live. And now they're just fields gone, you know, um, wiped off the face of the earth. And wow. The castles, yeah. Well, Martin, real quick, are you? Can you provide some of those maps and tomes? Like, do you have PDF copies? Do you have images? Um, I'm just very interested in. Yeah, I got um, an atlas. I'd have to dig it out. Um, and it is an absolutely fantastic atlas. And it just shows you all like regional maps. It shows you towns near me that I've never even heard of, like this Wenvo town and this Penmag town. And I, I literally tried to go and find them. And they're just not there. There's remnants of old castles and walls, you know, where, and you can see this place was 
fucking vast. And what we get as well is these super long walls, really high, okay, beautifully masonry, and they go for like miles to miles, and they seem to be blocking in some sort of enclosure, but there's only fields in there. But I can't help but think, you know, these were enclosures for something massive that was there in the past. These walls are super fucking old, guys, you know. They got a load of them all over all over Britain. Super old, long as fuck walls. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's incredible. And it and is. and for Jason, I mean, I <clears throat> I just finished the second or third, I think, reread of your Giants on Ancient Earth book. Um, and I wanted to ask you specifically about Wales, England, Ireland, Scotland, like the, the Isles of Albion, um, and the, the giants that came from the near East to this area. So we, we talk a lot about giants, the Nephilim, um, throughout ancient history on the show, but a lot of the time it kind of gets lost in British Britain history uh just because people don't know a whole lot about britain history they know a lot about scandinavian they know a lot about yeah there's a there's a lot like oh there's a lot of old things that have been mixed into the into the deal like from the days of arthur pendragon and the fifth and sixth century a.d and and one thing is not taught is like the rich history of vortigern vortigern the king the britannic king and that was the, that was the fourth and fifth century and uh, after after the Romans had abandoned their their attempt to take the Isles because they never could take Wales and they could never take Scotland, the Picts had always driven them away. So finally, they built that stupid ass thing called Hadrian's Wall, and uh, they, they they manned Hadrian's Wall for a while. Then after a while, the locals kind of took it over, turned pieces of it into uh, sheep walls and pieces of it into home homesteads and. In the, in the perimeter of farms. And the Romans just backed all the way out and they got out of there. They've never took the entire, entire British Isles. And far as I, I, as far as I, as I know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the northern parts of all of Scotland, a lot of the northern parts and all of Wales were absolutely free of Roman control. I don't believe the Romans ever made it into Wales. And, uh, this would have been a, a major pushback of the Druid led culture. Uh, of of the people of the Isles who fled the Romans, they would have went up into the north in those places. So I believe a lot of those castles probably are very, very old. They would date from, from the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th centuries AD. Because uh, this is uh, also the place of, the place of refuge in, in, in history against the Angles, the Saxons, the Jutes, the Heruli, the, and then later the, the later the the, inva- the invading Vikings. It's like it's like oh, Wales would definitely be a. Uh, I mean, and, and even in the Welsh triads, we have fragments of an older faith, an older culture, an older language. All that's being preserved in, in these triad poems that shows that this area of the world was literally untouched from almost all these invasions until Wales was pretty much absorbed into the UK. Yeah. You know, it's a well, Wales, Wales is a unique history, but it's also very near Cornwall, which is a place. There's probably more giant traditions that come out of Cornwall yeah. than any other area of the entire world. And they are connected to giant traditions from yes, uh, the, the Mediterranean, Sardinia, southern Spain, which was Gaul, and especially Palestine. 
we do have a lot of traditions of, of those links uh, um, and how the Coathedae Danan uh, had basically sailed through the pages of Homer's Odyssey, I mean, excuse me, Iliad, and make, after making a deal to fight with uh, Agamemnon of Mycenae, but they didn't come from ancient Greece in Argos. They didn't. They came from Palestine area. They were the Danoi, and uh, they had fr- they they had literally split their split their uh, uh, fleet and in their migrations. And some of them, uh, as as Yo worshippers, this is Io. It's a goddess. It's a cow goddess named Io. But as Yo worshippers, they found they founded Miletus. And, uh, and founded the state was which is called Ionia, and they stayed there. And others others built ships and took off and and, and founded areas of Greece uh, and were called Danan. Then the rest of them they made it to the shores of ancient Ireland. And when they did in the Second Battle of Moitura, they had to fight a race of giants called the Furbolgs. And uh, they only found out after the battle that the Furbolgs had come from the same place that they had come from, which is the Rephaim Valley. In Palestine, which was inhabited by the Zumums and the Zamzumums, the Emums, the Rephaims, and the Anakim, the last remnants of the giants from the 10th and 9th centuries BC. It's a rich history, man. And this is, that's, there's, I don't think there's another collection of cultures other than uh, ancient Britain, Wales, especially Cornwall and Ireland that have more traditions about giants. It's just giant rich. It's amazing that it seems that this area of of the world and especially Europe is not studied. It's not known even to guys like me and Johnny and Skull and Grognak that you know we study giants. It's not known to a lot of people. Yeah, when you're looking at my screen, you can see a really good book I recommend on the lost history of giants right here. Who's that one by? Uh, uh. This one's by Patrick Chunard. Uh, I, I can't pronounce his name. Chenard, French. Chunard, Chenard. All right. I'll have to oh, check that one out. You can see it there. Patrick Chenard. Okay. Ooh, two A's. All right. It could be French. could be some sort of Nordic name. <laughs> Johnny, it's only 10 bucks on Amazon. All right. Well, yeah. throw that one on the list right now. I, I get a lot of my data on giants from books that aren't even about giants. Like... Like the source book project, all these things that actual scientists and or archaeologists have found that are inexplicable, that there's no way in hell these objects would exist outside the context of gigantic humans that use these objects. But I get a lot I get a lot of my data from books that don't even have anything to do with giants. It's just scientific reports and stuff. Here, here's a good one here. This one gives this one gives like a whole chapter in here on all kinds of civilizations. Civilizations of Giants. Ancient Man, a handbook of, of, of uh, puzzling, puzzling artifacts, artifacts by William Cordes, the source book project. This is a big book. But, oh wow. Yeah, it's it's there's it's not even a it's not even, it's not even mystery to me. I mean these uh the Porter, there's an there's a historian and a, an archaeologist named JL Porter, and I have his book, and it's 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 a, it's a, it only like a hundred, 150 copies were ever printed, but it's very widely, uh, cited in, by, by a lot of later authors. But the man literally went to Syria, went up into the mountains of Bashan, exactly where the Old Testament says that the Rephaim giants and Anakim giants 
had fled the armies of the Israelites and they went up into the mountains and they built their cities. This man, J.L. Porter, wrote a book with pictures in it showing the actual cities carved into the mountains of 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 a people that could have stood no less than nine feet tall. Now all the steps is an amazing megalithic uh, uh, walls with these unusual doors where the door frame, the lintels, and the jams were all one stone. But somehow they had been worked so they could all be they could be moving parts to move these multi ton multi ton doors. And you and, and even a human our size today can easily move them because the weight is perfectly balanced. These are thousands of years old and they still work perfectly today. This is a JL JL Porter wrote this and it's never received widespread uh, attention. Instead, a bunch of locals in Syria moved up into the mountains and now occupy those cities. But they're the original giant cities of Argob in the mountains of Bashan in northern Syria. They have been found just as the Bible describes describes them. They're cities of giants. It's crazy, right? And and Bashan being the place of the serpent, right at the base of Mount Hermon. Yes, that's it. Incredible, that's and, and it's they amazing. and. And they made their way all the way up into Martin, Wales, Ireland, Britain. They made their way up there, created a society, uh, the Druids. Um, and these Druids, these descendants of these peoples, seem to have carried their traditions into a farther era, right? A farther era that was demonized. No, they say that the Druids were almost completely wiped out during the um, Iceni uprising. So apparently the whole of the Roman army have gone north to Anglesey in North Wales and Ireland to wipe out the remnants of the Welsh that are there, the Druids, the, the magical Druids. And while the entire army is away, um, Boudicca, or Bodicea as they call her, the Iceni tribe, um, she's got a, a beef with the Romans. Apparently they raped her daughters. She's going to kill them all. So then she sacks Londinium, St. Albans, Colchester, and I've witnessed this layer. There's a layer in Colchester called the called the um, the Britannia Line, and it's a, a layer of melted, like sort of heated red bricks, where apparently Bodicea burnt these cities while they were away. And they come back, and their infrastructure is being fucking destroyed. So they're like, "Oh well, this is shit. I think we'll fuck off." And then I was the they left after that. I have like a maybe really amateur question for Jason about giants. Still talking on the same subject, Jason. What do you, what do you think the genetic origin of giants is? Okay, um, that's a good. It's a really good question, and I'll have to play hypocrite here for a minute because <laughs> my original book, Giants on Ancient Earth, I was still under that original paradigm of Judeo-Christianity where I had bought into the false Babylonian narrative that was imposed on history, which is untrue, and that the Nephilim are the offspring, they are genetic hybrids of something non-human and human, like angels or something they created, and I don't believe that anymore. By virtue of all my research after 20-something years, I have abandoned that model. I still believe in giants. Uh, factually, of course, we, we've got way too much evidence, too, too much hard archaeology has been done. Uh, uh, I believe I believe 100% giants were here. I only now, I have modified 
my belief in the origins of those giants based off the fact that we now have scientific evidence of what ambient radiation does to the human body. We now know what high-pressurized environments do to the human genome. We have direct evidence now from experimentation in the 1980s, 90s, and now in the in these barometric chambers that, that are being used to create these vapor canopy conditions. And that these vapor canopy, ultraviolet light, ambient radiation, enriched minerals, high atmospheric pressure, all this stuff combined, humans can grow to astonishing sizes in very short periods of time. Rapid healing, the ability to hold our breath for very long periods of time. These are the things that were described in Greek legends. These are the things that are described by Hesiod. They are described as, as something that Gilgamesh was able to do. These are, these are things that we see in the historical record and in the traditional record that are factual. These is, this is the world we have. And in archaeology, we see evidence of it everywhere. We just haven't, we haven't been looking in that direction because we've been programmed into believing in the Babylonian version of history rather than just looking at the evidence, such as the Acambaro, our artifacts in Mexico, 35,000 artifacts that show humans interacting with gigantic reptiles, gigantic amphibians, and gigantic mammalian life forms, as well as gigantic insects. We find, we find, uh, and we find these artifacts from a vapor canopy period. Uh, we find the underground cities of William Niven in Mexico as well that were widely publicized in the 1930s and then covered up later when it was found out that it was completely anti-establishment to report to the public that mammoth bones and three-toed sloth skeletons were mixed up with, with human skeletons and tablets called Nacal that had all these hieroglyphs over that were not Native American. They were not Mexican. They weren't Aztec. They had no linguistic parallels with the Maya, Quiche, Inca, nothing. And yet they're right there in the, in the smack dab middle of, of Mexico. We have, we have megafauna remains in a destroyed pyramid city complex of 50 square miles that completely defies the model of history that we've been given. So I believe in giants. I believe the artifact, the evidence is so, so much. We can talk six hours about giants and just go after all, all the evidence that, that, that we find and still not touch all this stuff. There's so much, there's so much out there. My own, the only change that I've had to do was, yeah, I no longer believe the Babylonian version. There was no angels having sex with humans to create giants. That was all, all made up in Babylonia long after, long after the collapse of the vapor canopy. The real, the real truth is, is humans were living under a different biosphere. When that biosphere collapsed, some human strains continued on in giant, as, as giants and huge and, and the rest of them that were in different temperate areas of the world. Instead of the tropics, they kind of, they, they, they reduced in size. And after centuries and centuries, then there was almost no giants. It was much harder to breathe for a giant. So they were much easier to kill. So they were basically hunted to extinction. That's what that's the picture we have with uh uh the British the Brit the Britonic people have traditions that Brutus now some of this is this is mythology mixed with actual history. After the Trojan War, which was like a world war, it's called the invasion of the Sea People's Federation. When the when the when the when the uh Hittite kingdom of Ilium fell. And the capital city that was down there on the Mediterranean coast called Troy uh, fell from, from the onslaught 
of Agamemnon and the Sea Peoples, the, a bunch of a bunch of the survivors of Troy saw the writing on the wall. They got in fleets of ship ships and they hit Gaul. And they went around Gaul, they disappeared from history, but they reappeared in Britannia, ancient ancient Britannia, which at the time, according to the poets and according to uh, ancient Greek writers, had two names, Hyperborea and Albion. And uh, Brutus and Corineus had separate fleets. And when they landed, they had to contend with the Fomorians. These were cousins of the Firbolgs of Ireland. But the Fomorians were giants that were occupying the area. And there was already the ruins of an infrastructure all over the Britannic Isles when these descendants of the Trojans had landed. And a lot of the story is also told in Virgil's Aeneid. But when when uh when when Britain was reoccupied by normal-sized humans, they had to rid themselves first of the Fomorians, uh, and they never quite did. Because uh they, all they did was chase them into the bogs and the fins and stuff and, and turn around and gave birth to the hags. And for centuries, the, the ancient British people descended from the Trojan exiles. had They had problems with a race of gigantic females, and they just called them Black Ennis, and they called them the hags. And uh, they, they believed they were witches, and they left them in the swamps and left them in the forest, and they left them alone. And this, and this little symbiotic relationship went on for quite a while. Then the hags kind of vanished out, and they were replaced with trolls, elves, hobgoblins, ho little hobwalkies. They had all kinds of little names for these things, but they had believed that the British Isles were haunted by, by the fairy descendants of the very giants that they had exterminated. And this is literally the story with the Tuatha Dé Danann in Ireland as well. But it was Corineus who went even further than Brutus did. And uh, Brutus had founded Londinium. And the Latin, it's just Latin for London. And then uh, Corineus went further north to Cornwall. And that's where the highest concentration of giants were. And they took on, they took on the giants, defeated, defeated them, and ended up settling Cornwall. And that's why Cornwall got the name from Corineus. Now, this is the mythological traditional version. A lot of this came through came through Christian lenses and Christian sources. So I don't know how much is true and how much isn't, but that's the story. All right. Reinhardt, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Uh, I mean, like I said, we, the connection there through the Nephilim, Rephaim, Anakim, Zamzumims, Amims, all of these giant tribes is such a difficult thing to follow for most people um, all the way throughout the world because they did spread all the way throughout the world. They did. Um, they did. Now, yeah. I, I, see, I see that the Greeks under Hesiod and Pausanias and way the pre-Greek Phoenician historian Sankuniathan, they give a pretty big picture that initially... At, Right after the Great Flood, there were the Titans. But the Titans, some of the Titans died out rather quickly. And now we understand it was because vapor canopy conditions were conducive to larger life forms. But the Titans had given their sons and daughters were not Titanic. They weren't known as Titans. Their sons and daughters were the Gigantes. They were gigantic. They could breathe better in this new biosphere. In, in, with the, in this new world under the sun of high humidity and no no protection from the sun, just clouds, 
uh, they could survive much better, but they were no, no, nowhere near the size of their, their moms and dads. And within, uh, this is the story, this is the background to the story of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh bragged that he was two parts man and one part God, but that one part God was actually, he's referring to his Titanic grandparents who were actually living on the other side of the flood. So when you're, these races you're talking about in Genesis, they only appear in the Bible shortly after the flood. And that is the Rephaim, the Anakim, the Zamzumim, the Zumims, and the Emims. Then that same chapter that mentions all five of those races, chapter 14 of the book of Genesis, talking about the invasion of Keto Laramore of Elam, who went on a who went on a military campaign against Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did he do? He attacked all five races of giants. They were trying to, this is the same thing talked about in Pausanias, same thing talked about in St. Cuniathan, the same thing Hesiod refers to in the wars of the Titans and the Giants. This was a huge extermination campaign. And then the middle of it was Amraphel. Amraphel is the Amorite name of Amurabi. Amurabi is the Babylonian name of, of, of the person that we know of in the Bible as Nimrod. Nimrod is just the Semiticized Hebraic her word condensed from Marduk of Babel. And then Marduk is nothing but the Akkadian, Akkadian Merodach. And Merodach is but the Sumerian Amar Udaak. It's all the same person. You can follow you can follow the chain all the way through the different cultures and different translations of the name as the title changed. It's the same individual. He claimed to be two two parts human, one part God. And he was taller and faster, and we have actual pictures of him in one steel where he is called, where it's called the steel of Naram Sin. And you can see this dude. He's huge, got a spear. He's taking out a whole bunch of guys, and he makes it to the top of this mountain. And the top of the mountain's got the star of the symbol Dingir, which which identifies him as part divinity. And uh, anybody can Google the uh, the steel of Naram Sin, and you can see this guy. He's a he's a big son of a bitch, but uh, uh, this uh, this this whole having sex with angels and all that stuff that used to be my belief. I no longer I, I no longer believe in that because very recently we have the evidence. 1902, two scientists, one of them was 58 or 59, the other one was 62 years old, and they went to study. Uh, after 45,000 to 60,000 people got incinerated in two minutes when Mount Pele exploded in 1902. They went to Martinique in the French Caribbean and they, and they wanted to check it out. Scientists, they're at the site, but the volcano was still venting. Now it's ambient radiation. Both of those scientists grew two inches in the, in the short couple of months that they were there taking all their samples and doing their studies. Ambient radiation, that's just the ambient radiation. From a lot from high volcanism, imagine the ambient radiation increased with multiple volcanoes venting out venting these gases in a highly pressurized environment under ambient under all this ambient ultraviolet light. Put all these conditions together, increase the oxygen by a hundredfold, and you're going to have life forms growing to astonishing sizes in minutes. It's, gonna, it's not going to take any time. In months, you'll have veritable jungle worlds full of insects. Now you have to hide from. Donnie, take it from here. <laughs> um, I'm. This was your the giant thing was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. 
<laughs> well, Brognak, I saw the Brognak. I appreciate that link, man. I see you sending me that link to the Olympics, man. Thank you. Yeah, no if problem. You guys mind, I have one more quick question for Jason. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, J so Jason, what do you think that the Smithsonian Institute, I can never call it the institution mm. since it's been Mandela affected. Why do you think that the Smithsonian was so adamant about hiding all of the evidence of giant bones? Well, first of all, the Smithsonian, uh, George Smith, George Smithson had donated that money. He was, he was, he was from Britain. And he had donated that money to America. Uh, I really don't know the whole story behind it, but he did it in the 1850s. And it was the exact same time that the uniformitarian uh, model that was created under George Lyle and Elements of Geology and by Charles Darwin. And it was at the exact time that the scientific community was basically bullying this new idea about natural selection and evolution. And what, what, what was being found across America was threatening the very, the very thing that they were wanting to promote right. because gigantic human skeletons found in the Mississippi, Ohio mound builder civilization completely unraveled the PS that was that they were promoting in the 1840s and fifties with Ed, the evolutionary model. So it became, they, they literally almost as early as the 1850s began censoring all this. Now, many discoveries, Many discoveries made it to the general public when we got to know about about the Egyptian artifacts that were found and the caverns that were found in the in the Grand Canyon. We got to find out about two miles below the surf surface of the earth at uh uh, uh Heaver, Oklahoma cavern a coal a coal seam opens up into a whole area that's brick paved with walls and windows. We got to find out many unique things like the Nam the Nampa figurine where. 600 feet below the surface, a well pulled up a perfectly intact figurine, like six inches tall. Uh, and we got, we got all these curious stories from all these awesome, they're, they're in here. I got Harper's magazine. Oh, uh, I got, I got so many different books in here. Like, uh, Harper's magazine. Here's the annual cyclopedia, all these major magazines from the 18th. There's Harper's right there. I got a whole collection of different magazines from the 1800s that were turned into anthologies and made into hardback books. And you can flip through them and you find, you find some old lady is, is breaking her coal because this is what they had to do to put the coal in the stoves. The stoves were very small. Coal came in large lumps. They had little special coal hammers and people would break the coal in their pan. And when they break the coal, they put the pieces in, in the surface, in the furnace as they needed it. Over and over and over thousands of reports of coal being broken open and a silver necklace would pop out a golden bell like this i can't, can't find anything in here anymore i don't know what's going on with me i'm losing everything i have a bell somewhere an antique bell but uh yeah little bells would fall out so a signet ring uh, a seal like like a wax impression seal all this shit was being found below America as America was expanding. The infrastructure was taking down more force. They were flattening more mounds for roads, railways, bridges. As all this was going on, all these things were being found to show that, damn, there was a whole technologically advanced civilization right here in North America. And this whole story about Native Americans being here since the fucking Ice Age is total bullshit. All this came out as like a... And most most of the catastrophist model was suppressed 
by the 1870s. In 1871, as a matter of fact, Martin and I did a video together. I really did the presentation, but Martin was there when I did a video called 1871 Cyclical Flood Theory, where I outlined after reading this book that scientists in 1871 published this book saying Ice Age is bullshit. All these artifacts show completely otherwise, and that all this flood damage that's, that we, we see everywhere isn't caused by glaciation. These boulders weren't deposited by ice all this is untrue and he promoted a whole new model based off floods coming from the southern hemisphere in tidal waves that engulfed the northern hemisphere and then dissipated and he showed the patterns of all the islands of dead bodies that have been found all over the world and he mapped those out and he showed this could have only happened if tsunamis from the south overran the north and they do this about every three thousand years and he showed that whole islands of putrid, bloated, decaying hundreds of millions of life forms, mammals, reptiles, everything, are floating in this flotsam and jetsam after these tsunamis and with all these plants and they actually get deposited together, decay and fuse and glue together and this is exactly how archaeologists have found them. And uh, yeah, his theory is badass. It's called cyclical flood theory and it totally kills the whole Ice Age narrative. But yeah, that's 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 my answer for for uh, the uh, Smithsonian the Smithsonian Institution. That's what it is. It's it was absolutely needed to suppress the fact that discoveries were being made faster than the establishment can hide them. Awesome, man. Thanks. That's that's uh, lines up with a lot of what I actually believed already. Mm -hmm. It's so always nice to have mentioned that the Smithsonian was caught. Um, I forget the term you use. Scuttle scuttling or something burning they did they did it yeah yeah over the atlantic ocean How, where can you find information about that because it's very difficult to yeah oh you're not gonna find that information online no oh i'd have to go oh i would never make a claim like that if i don't have that in my notes somewhere and my notes always cite the sources i have thousands of pages of notes in here for me to find that right here during this video i, really, I probably can't but as soon as i do because i'm always going through my notes it'll be on my mind that you asked for that i, de I definitely I'm, i'll post it on because that'd be interesting to my to my channel i'll post it on my channel too but i read yeah, that I when i read that out of a book i wrote that down I wrote the page number, wrote the author, the date of publication, and I, and I threw it in a folder. But I literally have, give me an example. Here's just one. Here's one of about 14. You know, oh, I, these are all <laughs> notes. These are all notes, guys, from books I've taken from all my research. Oh, I have so many of these. I got boxes of these. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to let anybody catch me flat-footed. Over and over and over on, on YouTube, I have done posts in the community just show just just showing people man basically shutting them up and i'll do a video and then they'll ask me why do you get that fact i got some i got some real trolls that are always trying to fact check not because they want to learn but because they want to trip me up and then two or three weeks later i'll find the very fact that i elicited and i'll post it i'll show a picture of it man but you know what those trolls never they, they never concede but it doesn't matter yeah. Keep us in mind, because we've been trying to work on a hit piece on the Smithsonian Institute and also um, on Einstein. They both need a they both need a episode on attention for them specifically. 
Well, you know what? I, I can probably put together a bunch of stuff on the Smithsonian for you. I got so much stuff on my notes of all the suppression they've done, working in tandem with the FBI to shake down archaeologists, actually strip search them on the spot, huh. make sure they didn't walk away with any of the artifacts. Yeah, in, 19, <laughs> in, in wow. 2003, 2004, yeah, there was a whole massive, in Arizona, a massive find of, of all red-haired skeletons, and everybody in the community had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, and the men were about seven foot tall. The females were only five foot tall, and the most beautiful textiles you have ever seen. And the, all, all, this, all these burials were over 15 centuries ago, but the thread, the thread count on the fabrics that were made by these people, I guess it's because they had an extra finger. But we can only do that with machines today. But they were making right, they were right, making right. these textiles. They were weaving all this together, and the thread count is amazing. Smithsonian and FBI came in there and raided the archaeological site, made all the archaeologists and all the college interns sign NDEs, and apparently somebody fucking didn't give a fuck because I'm telling you the story about it now. I I remember uh, L.A. Mercy Lee doing something on that, but I'm yeah, think, I'm not going to continue it, but. I believe L.A. Marzulli was the one I got that material from. Yeah, I've, right. read, I've read all his material. Yeah, I like L.A. Yeah. Marzulli stuff. We've uh, we actually had um the Mr. K, the guy who he had on the Giant and Kandahar story um on our show back in season one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about that story. I've never yeah. even looked into it. But that's the six, <clears throat> six fingered, six you know, six fingered double road of double rows of teeth, uh, eleven foot red headed giant, which sounds a lot like the skeletons that they found in Lovelock Cave in uh, in where's that in Nevada, with the very exquisitely carved duck decoys. I believe they were bird decoys. So yeah. whoever well, those- I was going to say, Richard Dewhurst did a fantastic book on just aggregating all of these news stories throughout American history mm. of giant findings. It was the ancient giants who ruled America. Right. That's a great book, too. Oh, I've got it that is. book, too. Yes. I've got that book, too. I've, I've yeah. read the Necronomicon several times <laughs> with that book. <laughs> Actually, Reinhardt, that's a good idea. For this one. I'll be doing I'll be doing this video pretty soon. I, whenever I get a chance, with all three of these books you see here, mm-hmm. all three of these books were published in in late 1902 about the disasters in 1902. Ooh, that's interesting. That's actually every, so. That's everyone. Every that's one a reset year, right? In 1902, right after the disasters were over with. Okay, they've so all got, sh- what they've was all got different different details. I've also got a whole stack of newspapers from 1902 and 1903 to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good video. I'm, I'm gonna include all this stuff. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, you guys, we're gonna have to wrap this one up because we're gonna we're pushing into a third hour, which I'm. Wow. Yeah. Yes. So. Wow. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming by again, Jason. Awesome as usual. Pretty appreciate it. Hey, is there is there any way I can get a recording of this right here tonight? Um, I can send you the, I can send you the, the file, the audio file, or I can send you the video from the OBS. Oh, you know, that wouldn't be a problem sending me the OBS file. 
I got to convert. You want? In, I'll convert it to an MP4 first, or do you want the do you want the OBS file and you can convert? No, that. I'd rather have an MP4. Okay, I'll convert it to an MP4 and then I'll send it to you. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, and actually, I'll probably me. have to uh, send no, me an email as well, soon as you get off here. Send me an email with all the links to Paranormy stuff, well, and what I'll do is I will post this on Archaics TV. Archaics TV is a paywall, and it's all the diehard Archaics people who are willing to spend all kinds of money on their stuff. You know, I'll upload this to Archaics TV with all your links. Right on. Since traffic your way. Awesome. Um, actually, uh, it's about eleven o'clock. I'm gonna have to do this tomorrow because I gotta go to work. Oh, that's in the fine. That's too. fine. Yeah. I'm just saying whatever. Oh no, I'll get. I'll do like I always do. <clears throat> I'll get you all the links, and I'll um, the video because it's gonna be so large. We'll have to. I'll have to upload it to a drive folder or i'll just give you the link to our odyssey where it's going to be oh if you can give me the link to odyssey i can take i can, I can grab the video quick okay cool i'll just yeah because i'm gonna download it i gotta convert it to mp4 and then upload it to odyssey so yeah that'll work all right cool well we will do that thank you very much martin you're still there too yes sir yes i'm here thank you there thank he is you. oh my god thanks for coming back on dude yeah i love it yeah thank you guys thank it was you guys. a nice thank you all yeah thanks guys Thank you all. Absolutely. All skill, all, all skull. Make sure you email me tonight or tomorrow, man. We'll work out details on you coming on my channel with that, with that, uh, that stuff. Yeah, sweet man. I, I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I want to do that. So when's when's the next trip, guys? After this one, you coming to the East Coast anytime? Oh, we're we're telling y'all we're going to San Diego for October 21st. We're going to yeah, be in future California. plans. What are you? What are you coming to? Northeast for about ten days. All right, well, that's the next trip. You guys are going to have to wait till after that one. <laughs> well, well I, oh, you said when we're going to East Coast? Well, yeah. in 2024, we're going to New York and Florida. We don't know which, which, what the order is, though. All right. Well, there you yeah, go. We're doing both in the first half of the year, but uh, we're, still, we're still getting details out on that. All right, well, maybe we'll figure, have to figure out a way to where we can hook up with you guys on that tour. That'll that's be cool. fun. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yes. Um. Jason, I did have one question for you. Do you mind if I uh, email? Okay. Well, email you about uh, uh, James Churchward. Yeah, um, yeah I don't want to keep. I'm. I don't want to keep anybody on this call. So, I'll just send send you an email. Oh, I got all of his books. I got the whole collection. I do as well, but I'm I'm very interested in your thoughts. So, all right, all right. Thank you for coming on. Everybody have a great night. Thank you, yes. Martin. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yes. Awesome. All right. I'm not eating. <laughs> Love you too, Martin. Take care, bro. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Later. All right, Jason. Take it easy, man. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Yeah, man. Right. Stay flat. Thanks. All right. <laughs> so um, that was Jason and uh, Martin Liedeke, you guys. What a pleasant surprise. I was told it was going to be just Jason. Yeah, I had no idea. I yeah. was just watching Jason pop up, and then Martin pops up right next to him. I was like, "Hey, right, cool. That's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Dude, I went to go pour water. I saw Jason on the screen. I came back to my office, and I saw Martin. <laughs> That's always fun. Martin and Jason together is always a lot of fun. The conversation goes in 8 million different ways. Um, Martin is an absolute hoot. Uh, Jason, Jason, Jason gets defensive about stuff. It's pretty funny, uh, but he, as as he should, as he should, you know. Um, I'm with him on the Graham Hancock thing. I 
after listening to what Jason said about him and then going back and watching a little bit of Graham Hancock, it sounds like he's reading a script. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, Johnny, you, you and I are together and Grognak, were you there on doing the, um, the ancient aliens debunked kind of stuff and, and going after Graham Hancock. Um, we've well, done you, you know, um, before I was even, before, while I was a listener, you guys did the debunking ancient aliens, aliens episode. And I remembered it being like one of the cornerstone episodes for me, like as a listener. And I was like, wow, they, they actually don't believe in this bullshit. And that was, that was really cool to me because the paranormies were like ahead of the curve on calling out the alien stuff. I think I think a long we time ago. I think we we definitely were. I mean, you watch stuff. Well, that was when we were getting into the everything is fake and gay. And we were realizing that literally everything is fake and everything is gay. And the choices are you must choose both. I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. So well, and we, we always called the ancient alien show fake and gay, but the ancient aliens debunked like narrative that that was really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what do you, what are you guys up to here? Like, what are you what are you trying to cover up? You know, right? They're yeah, and these guys. I mean, and some of these guys, like your Bob Lazar's. Like, I think Bob Lazar actually believes. I think he's nuts enough to actually believe what he says is true. I don't think he's acting. I don't think Bob Lazar is acting. Well, on that be, note, I think like ninety five percent of the NASA employees think we actually do these space missions. So, well, right, because each NASA yeah. employee manufactures or is an engineer on one particular part that supposedly does a thing on a thing. You know, it's not like these guys are all encompassing project managers of the whole entire thing. I think at the very top levels, they know that they're you know faking. Yeah, right. Like I told you, my Canadian. E7 equivalent, whatever brother-in-law, somebody does the composite images for them. He's literally a graphic designer for NASA. Yeah. Yeah. My brother's uncle's former roommate did the turning signal fluid on the Saturn V rocket. So I know we went to the moon. <laughs> did, I, did I tell you about right. the guy, the guy at my job whose brother bought a NASA engineer's uh, sketch pads and notes that he had. He had uh, he had like a storage unit that he left when he died and it got auctioned off, I guess. And this guy's brother bought all these things and it's got photographs, unreleased photographs. And one of the pictures is like of a, of a UFO. Oh, oh like, boy. Oh I'm like, Oh God. He's like, well, what do you think about that? And I was like, well, I mean, it's obviously, it's not little green men from Mars. He's like, you don't believe in aliens? They're projects. He said, yeah, you don't believe in aliens? I said, no, I don't believe in aliens. But what I do believe in is, yeah, what you said, black budget projects. He's like, well, that's far more conspiratorial than aliens. I'm like, okay. Is it though? Is it? Is (laughs) it? (laughs) Yeah. Trillions of like Donald Rumsfeld. Okay. 3.2 3.2 I mean, trillion. What do you think they're doing with those things? Yeah. Right. We can't account for $3.2 trillion. Oh, shit. Airplanes. You know? Right. That's literally 9-11. Um, and they cooked, like, literally cooked how many sets of books, like, on that? Because it's, you know, that, that event wasn't just wasn't just the trauma, the, the, the MK Ultra trauma-based mind control that everybody watched on television um, repeatedly over and over and over again. Uh, it wasn't just that it was, you know, the cooking of the books of, of the empire's waste or 
uh, thieving of trillions and trillions of dollars, you know, the of the books uh, with building seven and that, yeah. And with all of them, all the entire, that's the people keep forgetting to understand is that the entirety of the world trade center complex went away. Yep. Like all the buildings, but that's, yeah, One, that's two, for, five, six, seven, all of them. Yes. That's for a whole other, I mean, that's for other shows that we've done already. Like, <laughs> but, uh, last month. yeah, for la- that was for last month, man. Um, Man, 2001 was 22 years ago. Jesus. Crazy. I'm old. Everybody's getting old. All right. Well, speaking of getting old, I'm tired. And we're going to get out of here. Uh, we will be live on Tuesday for the Nationalist Inquirer. And then next week, we'll have another one of these great shows for you. Uh, there will be a creepy pasta at the end of this. And that's about it. Go to national.com, N-A-T-I-O-N-V-L.com. And go buy our hats, which is all we have for now. There will be more hats and shirts coming, I swear. Uh, did I miss anything, you guys? Spooky month is coming up. That's right. Oh, that's right. It's October. Yes. Spooky month There's is coming o- up. October 13th. Or a Friday the 13th is October. Friday the 13th is in October. And Halloween falls on live stream day automatically. It's, we, we do a live stream anyway, but... It falls on a Tuesday. So the Nationalist Inquirer will be the Nationalist Spook Inquirer. I don't know. We'll, make, we'll, come, we'll come up with a smush word. We'll, we'll get Dogbot yeah. to give us a smush word. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're going to get the out The Nationalist here. Spook Choir? Nah, we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. My wife and I are very different people. Her delicate, careful nature has always opposed my reckless and adrenaline-junkie lifestyle. She tamed me down quite a bit, but people still comment that we are the definition of opposites attract. When my wife announced the pregnancy, our families placed bets on who he would take after. My wife and I prayed that he might just adopt both of our traits, because admittedly, Our strong personalities had their flaws. She was a perfectionist to a fault, and I was a troublemaker at heart. When I held Hayden in my arms for the first time, I felt full in a piece of my heart I didn't even know existed. I haven't always been the nurturing type, but Hayden made me want to be. It didn't take long for Hayden to grow into his personality. He was carefree, adventurous, boisterous, and snarky. It was clear who he took after. Everyone called him my mini-me. My wife rolled her eyes every time that comment was made. I could tell she was insanely jealous, and it was like she was angry with me for it. By the time Hayden was eight, he had developed a scary number of my traits. I mean, it was scary. His mannerisms, his interests, his way of thinking, his argumentative style. It was like he was a reincarnation of me, much to my wife's disdain. The truly scary part was the speed at which Hayden adopted my traits. He was already mimicking my troublemaking behaviors, sneaking out, talking back, playing recklessly, even being a bit of a bully to his friends. Even I didn't start acting out like this so early on. It got worse. I watched him shoot a squirrel with a BB gun, then strangled it until it stopped moving. Weeks later, we found our cat Baxter barely moving covered in blood in Hayden's room. Last month, we went on a father-son fishing trip. 
He put a fishing hook in my shoe. It pierced right through my heel, and he persisted it was a prank. He wouldn't be like this if he wasn't so much like you, my wife screamed at me. She was right, a lot more than she knew. But still, I didn't think it had happened so soon. I didn't start strangling animals until I was at least 16. I knew what came next after the animals and pranks stopped satisfying the urge. I knew what he truly craved, because it's what I crave. With age, I've learned how to manage my urges, but Hayden was only eight. Impulse control was non-existent for him. Only time would tell what he'd turn into. There was no fixing it. I looked into Hayden's eyes, tucking him into bed. I prayed that I'd see something in them, but all I saw was darkness. He only squirmed a little as I held the pillow over his face. I just wish he could have been more like his mother.